You guys ready? Yeah. Because I'm ready. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club podcast. I am Voldemort here with Courtney. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are obviously continuing our review of the hot Harry Hottie, <laughs> the Hottie Potter series, the Harry Potter series, um, with <laughs> Colin and T Boy. And we are reading Goblet of Fire. Yeah, the fourth book, The Goblet of Fire. And the I decided today that I was going to surprise everybody by dressing up like Voldemort. So yep. we're recording this after we've already done the episode, so you'll see their reactions to me <laughs> in my makeup. It looked a lot better two and a half hours ago when we started, but it has yet it has since sucked into my soaked into my face, and I'm very worried about taking it off because it is still like on my hands from earlier. And I have to go to uh -oh. go out tonight because it's Terry's mom's birthday this weekend or this week, and so we're having a birthday party tonight for her. So if I can't get this off, I'm stuck. But what I if I just like showed up. As I've Warner. seen so many videos on the internet of this happening to people. At least it's not like blue or something. Like me, it is blue. a lot of. Is it? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> it like um, like, and uh, it kind of like goes up. I was trying to avoid my new earrings, because oh. I got new earrings because I'm, like, super cool or whatever, but, yeah, it goes, it's blue. Oh, God. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so, I am looking forward to taking this latex bald cap off, though. It's so itchy. For but, sure. Um, that being said, I hope you guys enjoy watching me uh, surprise everybody, and then our discussion on Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. It is, this episode wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be, because I think we got through it pretty quickly. Still very long today, but it's still pretty long. So, uh, hope you enjoy, and we'll see you over there. Anyhow, this is gonna be a long ass episode, so I think we should just start today's yeah. episode. We will be doing Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which is the fourth book, and of course, in this book, we have the return of Voldemort, hence why I'm here today. Um, today's episode will be guided by Mr. Colin. Hola. And, yeah, we're also get joined by our same guest as last time. This is going to be a long episode, like I said, so grab yourself some butterbeer, get a little snacky, and let's... Try not to look at Maddie's face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at my face. Okay. So, Colin, why don't you start us out? Alright. So, the book starts off with the Riddle Manor, which is one of my favorite openings in the entire series, just because it's so unique, I guess I would say. It's just completely, like, away from Harry Potter at the moment. It opens up with the Riddles and this guy named Frank Bryce, and it talks about, like, how he deals with the war and whatnot, which is referring to World War Two, which is... Uh, I don't know, it was interesting to see it in this book. But we learn that Wormtail has found little itty-bitty baby Voldemort. Or at least itty-bitty baby, yeah, Voldemort. And Frank Bryce, who is accused of the murder of the Riddles, 
and while not arrested or anything, the people there don't believe him. They think he's like this evil person. Um, and so he thinks these kids are just playing a prank on him in the manor. And he goes up and he overhears Voldemort and Wormtail, Peter Pettigrew, talking. They're, they're, they're whispering, they're sneaking, sneaking about. And we learn that Wormtail has learned from a one Bertha Jorkins, funny name, um, that there is something going on, something a little, a little special going on at Hogwarts this year, I believe, right? And so, eventually, Voldemort's snake Nagini comes, and Voldemort, you know, talks to it, parcel tongue, and they learn that Frank is outside the door, and they kill him. Whoa. First Whoa. person dead already. That was fast. One chapter in, someone's already dead. So it kind of kind of sets the tone for the book as well, I think. The first three books, I feel, are a little more lighthearted in tone. The third book, a little less so than the first two. But this one, we already start with a death in the first chapter. And I think it really like sets the tone for the next four books. Um, and so the next chapter, we finally cut, finally, it's like it's been a year or something. Mm-hmm. No, we, we just cut to Harry Potter, and he wakes up with the scar burning. And... He's like, oh, the last time my scar was burning was when Voldemort was around. But he's at the Dursley, so obviously Voldemort's not around. Sorry, Maddie, you're far away. Um, and I'm we learn. Still an itty bitty baby. You yeah. are still an itty bitty baby. <laughs> yeah. And so the Weasleys have invited Harry to go to the. Quidditch World Cup, in which Ireland and uh, Bulgaria. Bulgaria. I was, I was thinking it. I just didn't want to mess up the name of the country. <laughs> are playing in the World Cup, and so Vernon grudgingly agrees that Harry can go, and the we the Weasley twins show up through the fireplace that's boarded shut. <laughs> They come and pick him up, and they leave one of their latest inventions, the ta- toffee tongue thing, you know, whatever. I, I don't know the name of it, but it's a candy that makes your tongue go fat. And Dudley, of course, being the fat little shite that he is, picks it up and eats it. And <laughs> Vernon Dursley starts throwing things at Mr. Weasley as they try and get out and Harry goes to the burrow. Um, can I say that I just thought it was so funny that they had Dudley on, like, a really strict diet the whole time? Like the, <laughs> like the almond mom diet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and, like, Harry, I thought it was so cute. Harry wrote to, like, his friends and stuff and he's like, please, they're making me go on this diet. Send me lots of <laughs> yeah. snacks. And they did. <laughs> I also think it's really funny how the letter where they invite him to the Quidditch World Cup, um, formally, because they do invite him at the end of the third book, but formally, it is, like, this letter that they send through actual post, and so there's, like, a thousand stamps all over it, because they're like, how many do we need? (laughs) (laughs) 
so endearing, those Weasleys. Yes. Another another thing to note um, in the first chapter that I forgot to mention is Voldemort said, tells Wormtail that for finding him, he gets to he gets a reward and he gets to do something that he thinks many of his followers would give their right hand for. Um, mm. <laughs> I can't open Just, my mouth. I, every time I look at myself, I open my mouth. Like my mouth is so red compared to my face. It's so red. <laughs> my teeth look red. <laughs> to yourself, Maddie. <laughs> I know. Anyhow. Dedication to the character. Worth it. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So he goes to the Weasleys, and they go to the World Cup, yeah? Or they take a port key to the World Cup, which is a basically a device that can transport people through space. Well, first yeah, they go back to that. the borough, and they're there for a couple days. Yeah, and but... Yeah, but they're, I mean, this is kind of like why we're doing this call, to talk about the different, like, they're, like to point out all gotcha. the differences yeah. that are in the movies, and when we like, meet the whole, whole story. We meet Bill and Charlie. Yes. More formally. True, true, true. We meet them very early on in the series. I mean, yeah. We don't even meet Charlie in the movies, do we? No, Charlie doesn't even exist in the movies. Yeah. They say he does, but he doesn't actually have, like, a (laughs) actor. He's not actually there. But Bill is played by the guy from Star Wars. Yeah. That that really narrows it down, Maddie. Uh... The bad, I'm talking about the bad man from the Kylo Ren Star Wars movies, the annoying one. General Hux. Mm, no, he's not as. Or Admiral. He's like I don't remember. remember what his name is. It's if Star I Wars. if we showed you, po- but I do. Um, I do love that Harry's like, uh, Bill's kind of attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bill is, like, so cool. He's got, like, an earring and, like, long hair hair and stuff. Yeah. There's, like, something dangling off of it. I'm just seeing, like, E-Boy. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like Machine Gun Kelly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh. (laughs) Have some shame. (laughs) And then we also... Uh, All right. They go back to the borough, they're talking there, and then, you know, he, like, plays a little bit of Quidditch with, like, the boys, and Hermione's there, and Hermione and Ginny are becoming closer friends. Mm-hmm. Um, then they find out about the Weasleys, Wizard Wheezes, which is basically Fred and George establishing that they want to open up a, co- like, a fun little shop one day. We learn about the OWLs. And Miss Weasley says, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, she's not happy about it. We learn about the OWLs mm-hmm. and we find out that there's like these tests to take and that the twins didn't do very well, but they're like, we don't care that we didn't do that well because we're just going to open up a magic shop one day. Um, then they also. <laughs> a, ma- a magic yeah. shop. Every shop's a magic shop. <laughs> yeah. A magic trick shop. Magic trinket tricks, yeah. <laughs> um, Percy is, is establishing himself as a narc already. Um, yeah. Percy, <laughs> so true. Percy is so in favor of government; it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> Percy is like twenty sixteen, Maddie. 
I don't know what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also find out that there is a that the owl that they used to communicate with Sirius at the end of the third book that Sirius gave to Ron. They call him Pigwig, Pigwigian, Wigian, Pigwigian, Pigwigian. But call him Pig for short, and he's a little baby. It's very very cute. Then we also, uh, we hear, we first hear about some important characters in this book, in this chapter as well. We hear about Mr. Crouch, because Percy is just, like, obsessed with him. We hear about Ludo Bagman, who also is an important character in this book as well. Um, then they find out about the port key, which is ultimately the, probably the most important element of this entire first uh, beginning of the story. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, it has its own. Also, chapter. there also there so, is almost some Cedric Diggory, yeah. Or is that just the during the port key they mentioned they talk yeah. about Cedric, yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, so they have the port key, which is when we uh, find out that a port key is basically an object that has been. It's like a, an an inconspicuous object that has been. Know, like marked or something along those lines that allows them to touch it and then they will be transported to another portion of somewhere else yeah what? and i thought it was really interesting that they're like so fearful of the humans like finding out too like i don't think they portray that very well in the movie it just seems no. like they're yeah, going no. to a, a random so, like they have all the like mobile repelling stuff set up and whatnot like they're like yeah on it the movies don't shine any light on that at all then we have a really heartbreaking uh moment when we're talking when amos dickory is talking to harry after medium meeting him and he says seds talked about you of course told us all about playing against you last year i said to him i said said that'll be something you'll tell your grandchildren that you that you beat harry potter <sighs> man man tragic yeah. <laughs> I okay. They make his dad way more friendly in the movies. Oh my gosh! Yes, that yeah, was like one yeah. of the things that I just like totally forgot that Amos Dig Diggory is like just kind of a, a jerk. Like he's yeah. not. Yeah. Like he loves his son. A he's little, he's a little bit of an asshole in the book. A little too much of a fan mm. of his son. <laughs> okay, deep point. <laughs> All right, yeah. so then we have Bagman and Crouch. You take it from here, Colin. Bagman and Crouch. Is this when they go up to Chapter the seven. box? Yeah. Yeah. So the Weasleys are in the top box, yeah? Right? Oh, my. Your screen, your camera just popped up again on the screen. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, they go up to the top box, and they're going with... Important to note, they're going up with this elf, Winky, who is the Crouch's elf. And they, they run into Draco, right? And then Malfoy's on the way up. And so they have a little interaction with the Malfoy's. And uh, they're kind of like, you know, it's just the normal, like, oh no, it's the Malfoy's. And <laughs> so they get to the top box. And Winky, the elf, is saving a spot. And it's a little weird, like, oh, why is the elf there if the master isn't there? And it's like, oh, well, whatever. Weird house elf stuff, right? 
yabba dabba do. Um, and so they're in the top, they're in the top box, and, oh, Quidditch game, right? And so, first you have the mascots come out for the Irish and Bulgaria team, and the Irish mascots are a bunch of leprechauns, if I recall correctly, and the Bulgarian mascots are some creature, well, half-creatures that we find out are called Vilas that are uh, magically beautifully enhanced creatures. Accurate? Yeah? Yes. Um, and so their magic allure or whatever um, basically makes people attracted to the feminine sex go wonko, unless you're a strong mental fortitude. Um, so you're, you're screwed with what? So Ron screwed, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, important to note as well, before this, um, Fred and George Weasley make a bet, Ludo Bagman, that the game will end with the Irish winning, but Victor Crumb of Bulgaria catches the snitch. Which, you know, Quidditch, it's hard to catch the snitch and lose, and the snitch is worth so much. Um, and so, the game plays, and what did, guess what happens? The Weezy Twins are right. Wow, crazy. Sure enough. Bro placed a plus 10,000 bet in one. <laughs> and so... Yeah, but Ludo's got some funny money going on. Yeah, there's some, we learn about that throughout the book, right? He's a little yeah, sus. He's got some, he's got some, he's got some funky magic money. Um... So the game ends, and they go back to their tent, which is this magically expanded tent that is, like, basically a house in a tent. Which is interesting to me, because it's like, why would you even need a house, really, at that point, if you have this tent that serves as a house? No. They also He also says that when, the, when he goes in there for, for the first time, Oddly enough, it was furnished in exactly the same sort of style as Mrs. Fig's house. There were crocheted covers <laughs> on the mismatched chairs and a strong smell of cats. Interesting that he would say that. Yeah, inter interesting indeed. Hmm. 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 Um, however, after they go to sleep, I believe they're woken in the middle of the night, yeah? Yeah, so they're woken in the middle of the night to a bunch of chaos. Ah, <laughs> turns out that some muggles are being tortured by Death Eaters. Ooh, Death Eaters, what are those? Oh, those are Voldemort's followers. Not If we haven't gone over it, there, if we have, my bad. Um, and so Harry, Hermione, and Ron have to run, have to ooh, ooh, take off. Ah, so they eventually get lost in the forest. Harry is like, oh, shoot. My wand's gone. And they're like, hmm. wand? How'd that happen? And they're kind of creeping through the forest. One second. <laughs> no. They're creeping through the forest. And they hear, where's more day? And everyone's like, oh, except for Harry, because he doesn't know what the hell that is. And uh, what it does is it casts the dark mark in the sky, which is... Voldemort symbol, so to say. 
and the ministry people pop up. Yeah. And they shoot off a bunch of courses, curses and stuff until they realize that's Harry Potter. Harry Potter's not firing off the dark mark. Um, but it was, it's crouching, the crouching degree, Cedric's dad, almost, right? They're part of the contingent and they're like, Crouch, especially, Barty Crouch, is, like, really ribbing in, like, oh, who, fi- who fired that curse? Yada, yada. Until, eventually, they find Winky in the forest with Harry Potter's wand. And they cast a prior encanto on it and learn that that wand has fired off the dark mark. A little sus that uh, Barty Crouch's elf is shooting off the dark mark. And so Barty Crouch is like, you silly little elf, you're gone. Bye-bye. Get out of it. Yabba-dabba-doo. And so... And Winky is just Barty Crouch for this. Yes. Mm. Just the worst he's thing like, that's ever happened he's, to her. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, she is. She is miserable she like she like goes full well we'll get to that later yeah um and so after that they just go back to the burrow right like is there anything else of note between that and going back to the burrow winky's fire well we also find out that ron oh like the the first the first battle between hermione and ron um, over the rights of elves happened <laughs> oh. this, where yeah. um, Ron's like, well, she shouldn't have been doing that. Like, she's <laughs> a house elf. And Hermione's like, she's still got feelings. Yeah, how dare you, Ron? Yeah. True. Oh, we also learned that Winky's scared of heights and they were making Winky go up to the top box on the Quidditch pitch. <laughs> Terry just yeah. walked in and looked at me and shook his head. <laughs> um, um, oh, we also hear a little bit about Dobby before we see him again mm-hmm. from Winky because Harry mistakes her for Dobby. And Dobby's, yeah. like, leading the fourth Montas elf. Right. He's yeah. kind of outcast. But it's it's funny later when we realize what exactly Dobby's asking for. He's because doing. He's still not. Yeah. <laughs> He is asking for less than minimum wage. Right, baby steps. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we get. They allude to the fact that Dobby's going to be in this book again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we're back at the burrow. Yep. And then, um, Mrs. Weasley went out and got all their books for everybody. So for all of them, which how did they afford that? But okay. True. Um, we also then, learned the ministries have been a little bit of a rough week with the whole Death Eater stuff. Yes, um, Percy and Arthur Ugh. Weasley have not been home in uh, days Week. because yeah. they come home. They go. They come home when everybody's already asleep, and they leave before everybody gets up because everything is just chaotic. Because they're just trying to figure out who set off the dark mark, and they're kind of treating it as like we're not taking it seriously, as in like the dark that that the Death Eaters are really back. We're taking it as like a prank made by somebody, Ooh. but this is a serious prank, and we need to apprehend the person Mm -hmm. and um Um, 
Oh, Ron's mom gets him some dress robes because they're required oh, right. this year. She won't tell him why mm -hmm. they're like required, right? But she's like, mm -hmm. oh, I got you some dress robes. Harry's are normal. Ron has like these hideous, heinous hand-me-downs that of course he's never going to shut up about. Mm -hmm. um, but boy, does it cause him some problems later on down the line. Yeah. Oh, we also, also um, yep. important. Are, are you bringing up Rita Skeeter? Yep, I was just about to bring up Rita Skeeter. How we got to meet her yep. for the first time. We we see an article written by Rita Skeeter, and that's also Mr. Weasley has to head to the ministry to clear up rumors written by her. And Bill is the one who actually tells us that Rita Skeeter has got a little bit of a reputation. You know what I'm saying? She's a little bit of a nasty little pig. Bug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's a little... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically that's right that's all that happens before we head to hogwarts on the train yep yes so well i mean it's a little chaotic going to the train but when isn't it with the weasleys yeah there's like a million of them so yeah <laughs> so they head to the train they get on the train and I'm try I feel like, did, what happened on the train ride? Well, they find out on their way there that um, there was a disturbance at Mad-Eye Moody's house. Oh, yeah. And that they went to go, and it was just dustbins that had been acting up. Which, mm -hmm. what is a dustbin? Is it like a trash can? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, British stuff. Then, um, they take a taxi there. And the taxi driver is like, what the hell is going on? Like, why do these people have owls and cats and trunks? Where are they going with all this crap? Um, and then, you know, every, the Charlie and Bill and Mr. Weasley and Mrs. Weasley are all hinting that there's something big happening at Hogwarts this year. But there's also and someone else who hints at it on the train. Malfoy does mm -hmm. as well. But they're like, there's something big happening this year, and I'm so glad they're changing the rules about it. And she's telling this to the kids, and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Mother, please. So they get on the train, they're talking. Um, then, you know, they, they bring up how, like, there are some other schools that exist in this world for magical students, and they specifically mention Drumstra Drumstrang? Derm, derm, Dermstring. Dermstring. Um, which is, like, I guess Russia. I always assumed it was Russia, but I guess Bulgaria. But One of those, one of those little states up there. One of the Eastern European countries mm -hmm. that's Russian adjacent. Where it's cold as well. Yeah. Because they wear big coat furs all the time. Yeah. Um, they talk about uh, Victor Crumb, who... Ron is just obsessed with Victor Crumb. <laughs> he's big, just big fan. <laughs> he's a big fan of Victor Crumb, and Victor Crumb is seventeen years old. So he he's technically an adult in the world of the wizard world, but he is still in school because they are in school until during their seventh year, which is when they're seventeen, eighteen years old. Um, and they go to Hogwarts Castle like they usually do. They sit down for their feast where there is an announcement. Go ahead, Colin. No more Quidditch this year. 
tragic. How could they do this? But wait, why is there no more Quidditch? The Tri-Wizard Tournament. Whoa, crazy. Well, what is the Tri-Wizard Tournament? What it is, is it's basically this deadly tournament between three wizarding schools. And on the train, we get a little look into the different schools. We hear Draco saying his father wanted to send him to Durmstrang. There's Beau Batons, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Which is in France. You have... And there's just... They go over a couple different magic schools, but that's really important, too, for obvious reasons. And so we're told that the Triwizard Tournament is happening... Well, before that, we get an important note that our new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher is one Mad-Eye Moody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I'd like to point out that during this chapter, this is one of my favorite. This part makes me laugh. Um, so they're having their meal that they usually have, and mm-hmm. this is what it says, okay. The Bloody Baron was at the Slyther- was the Slytherin's ghost, a gaunt and silent specter covered in silver bloodstains. He was the only person at Hogwarts who could really control Peeves. Peeves. <laughs> Not Peeves, Peeves. Yeah, we thought Peeves was hacked off about something, said Ron darkly. So what did he do in the kitchens? Oh, the usual, said nearly headless Nick, shrugging. Wreaked havoc and mayhem, pots and pans everywhere, placed swimming in soup, terrified those house elves out of their wits. Clank. Ooh. Hermione had knocked over yeah. her golden goblet. Pumpkin juice spread steadily over uh, the tablecloth, stating several mm. feats of white, linen, orange. But Hermione paid no attention. There are house elves here, she said, staring, staring, horse-struck at nearly headless, headless Nick. Here at Hogwarts. And I could just see her, like, having her drink and then just hearing, and just dropping it. Like, I could just see her. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, we all have that friend too. Like sustainability <laughs> is like a really great example. But like you go out with them and you use a plastic straw and they're like, and like you generally will support whatever they're going for, right? <laughs> Not <laughs> to the yeah. like excruciating little details. Yeah. yeah. Hermione's not <laughs> wrong, but also she's being annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Also important to note, Dumbledore has set up an age line around... Well, first we learn that the Goblet of Fire will determine the names, or will determine who participates from each school, which is Bobas Hans and Dirt String and Hogwarts, Tri-Wizard 3, and to ensure that everyone is uh, fully aware of what they're doing, they make it to where 17 year you have to be 17 year old or up, a magical adult. To did they, did they find that out this early on? Yeah, he knows. I'm pretty sure we don't know that's an age line, but he says you have to be 17. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're right. Because the Weezy I... twins are like, "Oh, rats! We'll get him! We'll get him!" Fred and George are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Like, how could he do this to us? <laughs> Because they're only, like, a couple or a few months away from mm-hmm. being 17. Yeah. And so, um, that happens. They, that's basically the only thing that are really important there. And they head up to the dorm, 
this is where we see Harry's got a little bit of a crush because he uh, imagines what it'd be like to be participating in the tournament with a one Cho Cheng cheering him on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's all of that. A one last name, last name. <laughs> a one. The other's just sitting there on Google, Googling, like, what are Asian <laughs> Totally. <laughs> on the list. And she probably, she, I mean, I don't know if they had Google and she, maybe, I think they had Google. But she's, like, Googling it, and then it like, came up with, like, a list. But I'm pretty sure in, like, Asian culture, the last names come first. So, like, <laughs> like, like, that, like, it goes, like, last name, first name for, like, their, like, actual names. But then they go by their actual names. But when they write it out, it's backwards. I think. Yes, and so she's right. probably just looked at it and she just saw two of them that just had their first names that were Cho and then Chang and she's like, Cho Chang, perfect. It's so hard to look at Maddie and try and <laughs> take her serious. To be fair, I feel like the other is just very like lazy with names in general. Like even Seamus. Oh, yeah. right? I saw I... the funniest TikTok about Seamus. Um, it was that, like, it was about how lazy she is with names. And so she names him, what's his last name? Dean. Finnegan. 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 Seamus Finnegan. He's obviously Irish, okay? And he's really good at, or he's really Blowing bad at math. Like, and he always blows things up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a like... A British bias there. A British bias <laughs> towards Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really think about that. Yeah. Um, that's like, not this my kid's name. great at car bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> classes go on as oh, normal. Sorry, right? sorry, sorry. Another thing uh, I wanted to mention is in yeah. this chapter where we introduced to Mad-Eye, um, Harry groans that he has double divination in the in the afternoon, he goes, divination, or she says, divination was his least favorite subject, apart from potions. Professor Trelawney kept predicting Harry's death, which he found extremely annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Why does, like, uh, div divination was so stupid. Should have taken, like, ancient rings or something. Arithmetic. With I, that's Hermione. okay. I'm yeah. I'm like, why did they continue taking this class? Like Hermione, yeah, easy, not easy it anymore. I know. And then they're when they're like, it's a little bit later on, but when they're making their star charts, I was cracking up. I was like, this is every white girl in America right now. <laughs> so their star charts, Colin. Do you want to talk about their star charts really quick? Well, I want you to just briefly talk about the star chart thing. How when they're making their which... star charts for homework. And their predictions that they have for themselves that they made up. We were just talking about this the other day. Yeah, I know. I can't remember. Oh, I'll talk about it then. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you bring you bring it up though. You're. I know what you're talking. About. I I remember what you're talking about. Okay. Now, so <laughs> they're they're kind of messing around a little bit in divination, and so they're assigned extra homework. And for this extra homework, they need to create a star chart about themselves based off what's going on, and then they need to explain it. So Ron and Harry are pre are like going like over different um, things, and they're like just 
talking about, I don't know, like, um, I'm gonna get burned by somebody. I'm gonna get stabbed in the back by a friend on this day. And so they're going over, like, what their chart is going to be. And we'll get into it later on down the line. But almost everything Harry says about himself comes true in this book. So, like, he might have the eye. Yeah. He should be the new yeah. uh, gonna... divinations teacher when he's done with school. Oh my god. <laughs> I think yeah. that's his it's also time. funny to note that during that same class, during that same class, Trelawney is like, oh, you must have been born in midwinter because of your tragic past. And he's like, actually, I was born in July. <laughs> like, he's like quite opposite from where yeah. midwinter is. Crazy she didn't make that connection right away, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, in the main hall or whatever, Draco's like reading from Rita Skeeter and he's insulting Draco's parents. And <laughs> Harry talks about Malfoy's mother and how she yeah. has a perpetually unpleasant expression on her face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he, he really said, Well, your mother. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just thought Yo that mama. was funny. <laughs> Oh, and yeah, and this is that's when uh, Harry turns around and Malfoy tries to curse him, and Moody turns him into a fair. And McGonagall's was like, oh, what? what the fuck going on? <laughs> what, what are you doing? Um, but, Maddie, when you said star charts, I thought you meant astronomy for some reason at first. And I was like, what? No, I, I was like, what I happened like, with astronomy? Yeah, and then I like remembered star charts. divination. Yeah. All right, Colin, now we're on chapter 14, The Unforgivable Curses. And this is like yes. sort of, I think this is like the second act, kind of, of the book. So this is mm-hmm. when it really starts. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's, there's maybe an event that really starts it. I mean. But <laughs> this, anyway, this, this chapter, I mean, first thing of note is that Snape acts a little sussed around moody. Oh suspect um but anyways they go to mad-eye moody's class which is defense against the dark arts and he decides with dumbledore's permission mind you that they will be learning about the three unforgivable curses yeah crucio which is the torture curse which you know neville reacts a little You have the Imperio curse, or Imperius rather, with the incantation Imperium, that basically is mind control essentially. And then you have Avoragadabra, <laughs> which is the killing I'm curse. So sorry. Do you mean Avoragadabra? <laughs> yes, precisely. Exactly what I meant. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so basically, Moody tries out on a spider, which Ron is definitely terrified of. And then, and then. It's this same class, right, that he cast the Imperial on the students? Is that is that the same class, or is that later? Um, no, it's this one. No, that's later, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because yeah. after this class is when um, he takes, he calls Neville the aside. to his yeah, cause office like, to come up. Because... Mm. Yeah, which because Neville is particularly affected by the Cruciatus curse, 
we are unsure why, but we find out later. We also and find so... out that the Imperious <laughs> Curse can be fought, that strong-willed mm-hmm. people can fight them. Um, people who are likely also resistant to the Vila Allure. <laughs> yeah. Strong mental fortitude. Um, but anyway, that night is when Harry and Ron are doing their star charts are there for their divination homework, creating all the horrible scenarios. Um, then oh, the next... and then Spew. No, this is when Spew comes in. When Hermione makes up. What does Spew stand for? Uh, Spew's not tell a little Society bit for the Protection of Elfish Welfare. Isn't there not? Isn't there a whole chapter called Spew? Or am I thinking of the next book? You're thinking of the next book. Mm. That's the next book. There's the Spew chapter. Now here is when Hermione comes up with Spew, and she has them wear pins for it. Um, oh, and then yeah, he gets a letter from Sirius Black, mm-hmm. and that says, "Hey, there's <laughs> like you know." Oh, because he learns that Harry's scar had hurt from the Voldemort dream. Um, and Harry Harry is upset because he thinks he's making serious like risk danger because of, just because of his scar. It's not that big a deal. And that's about the only thing that important, right? Left in that chapter, or is there anything else you want to add, Maddie? Um, in the this is in the bow, but. Bow, baton, and um, Durmstrang ones. Um, in this chapter, also, this is when he, when Moody does use the Imperious Curse on okay, them, yeah. and he teaches them how to do it. And to then Harry and fights. Him. Harry's resistant to it. Harry throws it off, doesn't he? Or is he only? He just he res- he still does it, but he's he yeah. resists. Yeah. Um. Then they. The Triwizard Tournament's coming up, so all the people will be arriving on Halloween Eve. Mm, Um, mm. (laughs) And then... Ron calls Cedric an idiot, and and Hermione's like, like, no, no, he's not. And Ron's like, you just just like him because he's handsome. You're like every other girl who just likes handsome men. And she's like, what have I ever ever liked people just because they're handsome? They're like Gilderoy Lockhart. (laughs) 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 Got her there. So, true. <laughs> um, so then all the people arrive, and they arrive differently in the movies than they do in the books. In the books, they kind of all greet them outside of. Yeah, whereas they just the see school. them in the background at school in yeah. the movies. They have like a grand uh-huh. entrance. Yeah. Dining hall. And there's yeah. a shifty, shifty man. Well, yes. first there's the French head mistress. Which is Madame Maxime, Madame Maxime, who is ginormous. Um, and then there is the shifty, dark Karkaroff, mm-hmm. who Igor is the headmaster, Karkaroff. Igor Karkaroff. That what, if that's, if that's um, a villain's name, if I've ever heard of oh, Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, but he's from Durmstrang. And along with the Durmstrang contingent is one Victor Crumb. Oh. Yes. And Victor's arriving, and Ron's like, oh my god, 
I am in awe right now. <laughs> My idol He's is like, here. This is heaven. <laughs> I'm so stoked that I get to be around Victor Crumb. Do you think he'll want to be my friend? Blah, 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 blah. Um, they also noticed Fleur pretty quickly because uh, she's just so beautiful. And Ron specifically is like, oh my god, she's so beautiful. Mm. Like, what the heck's going on here? She's so. Mm. She's, I just love her so much. Like, I just, <laughs> she's mine now. No, well, okay. Um, <laughs> I, get, I got a little possessive thing. <laughs> well, Ron is a little. Yeah, yeah true. Um, then the real says, turning in check. Fact, he says, I'm telling you, that's not a normal girl, said Ron, leaning sideways so he could keep a clear view of her. They don't make them like that at Hogwarts. <laughs> right in front of Hermione. They <laughs> don't make them like that. Ugh. That's See, such an this, absurd this thing book, to say. Ron becomes such a teenage boy. Oh, he is, such a, he is such a jit in this book. Yes. He's just, Ron has git. a lot of issues in this He's book. He's a git. Um, so then, he does, you know, he does. Yeah. Well, they say, Ron, that you should never meet your heroes. Yes. So he meets... That's hardly from. Victor's fault. That's more his fault. <laughs> but, Still. Um, regardless. Then, <laughs> then, of yeah. course, Harry is, like, teasing Ron about this. And so, like, they're, like, walking somewhere. And he goes, hey, Ron, said, <laughs> said Harry suddenly, it's your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just te teasing them. And then Hermione's like, in this book. Yeah. Hermione's like, oh my god, I haven't tried to get Hagrid to join Spew yet. Let's go down <laughs> to Hagrid's hut and go ask him. And they hadn't really seen Hagrid that often because they've been very busy with their own schoolwork. Um, but they go down there and Hagrid's like, I'm not joining Spew. And Hermione's like, why not? Um, and they kind of just have, like, a little discussion about the goblet, a fire, uh, the Triwizard Tournament, everything along those lines. They go back up, and they have, they have the Triwizard Tournament, um, Goblet of Fire names Rob. coming out. Yeah. So, the names that come out, we've got Victor Crumb, Fleur de la Tour. Of Darmstring. Of, of Bobatons. And... Then Cedric Diggory of Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Everybody's Woo! celebrating, and they're like, "This is amazing! Yeah. This is great!" When all of a sudden, uh, it turns another color, and then another name comes out, and Voldemort. No, Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> well, Voldemort. Anyway, uh, um, Dumbledore. Harry Potter. Dumbledore grabs the name, and he's like, "And the last name, I guess, is Harry Potter." They're like. Okay. Ron, immediately pissed off, already starting to shun Harry, um, and he goes and he joins the rest of the people. Dumbledore comes in and calmly asks him if he put your name in the Goblet of Fire. You were in the Goblet of Fire. Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He's like, he's like grabbing him and like shaking him in the movie. In the movie. Did you put your name yeah. in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> And Harry's like, just... nope, no, I did not. Uh, not and Fleur de la Cour is like, we want to, we, they want us to compete with little this, boy. This, this little boy. <laughs> um, and he's taking quite offense, offense to that. To the little boy like, I'm a little boy. I'm 14 years old. Yeah. <laughs> How dare this hot girl call me a little, little boy. <laughs> Very disrespectful, Claire. Yeah. Um, then they kind of he all, they, they get into like a little argument, uh, the, uh, 
Crouch and um, Dumbledore and McGonagall, and everybody's kind of getting into a little bit of a tussy about whether or not Harry should be allowed to compete. <laughs> but they're like, listen, like this is like a, a, a binding agreement. Like he has to do this now, or so he will he... lose his magic. <laughs> is that what they say? No, I don't know. It's just he dies. Yeah, <laughs> like know. what happens if he just breaks this contract? I I gotta imagine it's something along one or the other. Azkaban? <laughs> no, I think it's like magically binding contract, mm. right? You gotta have those, right? Like, I gotta imagine. Yeah. Read it. Read it. I got to, no. Does it say in there or no? Uh, what happens? I, I, I didn't mark it. Um, uh, also, just a side note overall for the book, in the movie, they combine Barty Crouch Sr. and Ludo Bagman into a oh, person in the movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, true. Yes, that is very true. There is no canonical um, movie Ludo Bagman, so. Mm -hmm. So, um. Is an unbreakable contract is the only thing like, we really know. How does it, is it like the unbreakable vow? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, well, I was like, thinking, once I saw unbreakable, I was like, oh. What maybe. to do? Um, Harry returns back to his room, and Ron's like, hey. <laughs> and Harry's like, hi. And he's like, so how did you do it? Like, how did you put your name in there? He's like, I didn't put my name in there. And he's, he's like, like mm -hmm. oh, you could have, I, I can, it's okay that you didn't do it with me, but you could at least tell me. Yeah. Like, you literally said this morning that if you were to do it, you'd sneak down there, and you'd do it at night when nobody was watching. Like, suspicious. <sighs> yeah, mm. apparently so. Um... Then that starts the feud between Ron and Harry that is prevalent throughout this book. Then we have oh, the weighing... Well, this book is not that long. It's like a month. It's not even well, a month. I think... <laughs> I, uh, mm, yeah, I mean, they don't fight for that long. Three weeks. It, it does kind of establish, like, Ron's uh, yeah. insecurity about Tendencies. Harry even deeper. And so, like, throughout the rest of the series, if Ron betrays Harry, it's like... Uh. Well, it's just because of his insecurities. Yeah. Stupid. Um, then, then we have the weighing of the wands. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just what that'd be like. So we got the weighing of the wands. Oh, we do. I forgot it was this early. Um, Hermione tells Harry that Ron is jealous of him. Yeah. And he's like, jealous of me? For what reason? <laughs> yeah. A little thick there, Harry. Um, Slytherins have taken upon themselves to make little buttons that say support Cedric, <laughs> not Harry. Harry Potter or stinks. Potter stinks. Potter yeah. stinks. That's such yeah. a, like... They're in stinks. high school. They're high schoolers. I, yeah, come on. Come on with some better stuff. I, I feel like Draco would be the one ridiculed for coming up with that, rather than Harry. Yeah. I mean, oh, Harry Potter stinks. Oh, what did he do? What an insult. Yeah. Well, <laughs> British um, people aren't that funny, so... <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Brett Goldstein. He's just hot. <laughs> There's a difference. Okay, Hermione. Oh, okay, you're right. Um, so then we read a Skeeter kind of traps Harry in a broom closet. To get I, 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 watch your phrasing there, buddy. <laughs> she does trap him in a broom closet to get an interview. Traps. Oh, I thought you said attracts. No, Harry no, no, in a no, broom no, no. closet. And I was like, Half. what? <laughs> um, where she's making up, where she has like a little 
where quill quill that writes for her and so it's like writing like yeah um uh, an ugly scar, souvenir of a tragic past, defi- disfigures the otherwise charming face of Harry <laughs> Potter, whose eyes, and he's like, yeah. he's like, I don't know how my name got in the Goblet of Fire. I don't know why it's in the Goblet of Fire, but all I know is I have to do this now. And he immediately is like, suspicious of Rita Skeeter. He's like, this lady yeah. is crazy. They also call in Mr. Ollivander to come do the weighing of the wands, so he is already familiar with Cedric and Harry's wands because he's the one who sold it Sold them. them. And he remembers uh, every wand he ever sells. Yes, we get the sh- the name of uh, Gregovich. Gregovich? Ooh, yeah, that's important later. Who is an important mm-hmm. character later on in the Gregor-ovich. books. Gregovich. Gregor- yeah, Gregovich. Um, which is where Crumb's wand came from. And then I don't think we know where um, Fleur's came from. We but... don't. Oh, so. um, oh it's because it was well. Flores contains the hair of her grandmother's oh, right. Vila, Vila hair. Yeah. So that's kind of um, when we learned that she is part Vila. Yes, and so Harry Harry takes note of that, and he's like, "That's why Ron is so." And mind mind you, it's not. She's not even. A, she's a quarter Vila. She's not a yeah. full Vila. She is a quarter Vila, and Ron is yeah. in the bin. Yeah, Ron's um, in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Sirius and Harry decide they're gonna meet up in the in the tower common room at 1am yes and that um when Dumbledore and Moody are around nobody will be able to hurt him and everything like that Chapter 19, Hungarian Horntail. We find out there's a Hungarian Ooh. Horntail, which is a dragon type. It's um, a dragon type? Big scary boy. <laughs> yes. Scary boy. Yeah. Species, dragon, very horn, a big boy, chonker. Oh, also Rita Skeeter wrote an article about Hermione um, and Harry being, like, lovers. <laughs> and she, yeah. she calls Hermione stunningly pretty, and she's like... I think not. Pansy Parkinson is like, I think that she's ugly, and I hate her. (laughs) Says Pansy Parkinson, the pug face. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Leave my dogs out of this. Uh, (laughs) They're precious. Um, Then they have charms, and they're doing all sorts of stuff. He's learning how to, like, block certain things in class, and Hermione is, like, helping him learn some stuff. So they have no idea what he's about to be facing mm-hmm. until he gets like a little oh also spew you know Harry Harry and Ron um, are going to be in spew now um, they're now the treasurer and the secretary and <laughs> they're Ron's job is to go and collect money from people and Harry's job <laughs> is to take notes of everything and uh. Harry and Ron are still not speaking to one another. They go, they talk to Hagrid, and uh, Moody mentions that he can see Hermione and Harry because they are using an invisibility cloak, and with his special eye, he can see it. Um, he kind of, yeah, whatever. Then they go down, Hagrid leads Harry down to, um, like the forest, and in the forest is Charlie Weasley and 
a series of nesting mother dragons. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So kind of a kind of a, a big thing going down there. So he's like, oh <laughs> yeah. shoot, I'm gonna have to figure out how to defeat a dragon. So um And of course there's one dragon that's a little more dangerous than the rest, the Hungarian horn tails. Of course. Mm. So wonder who's gonna get that one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> um and so he has to rush back to the common room because he's meeting yep. Hagrid that, or Hagrid, he's meeting okay. Sirius that night. Yes, yep. And Sirius is like, oh, yeah. Or, oh, he trips over Karkaroff on the way back, who's shifty, shifty, shifty mm-hmm. headmaster. Mm-hmm. And so Harry tells Sirius everything. Sirius tells Harry Karkaroff was a Death Eater who snitched. Well, he doesn't, I don't think he tells me snitched. He just says Karkaroff was a Death Eater who's caught by Moody. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says Moody's great, or whatever, he's safe with Moody, Dumbledore, or whatever. Um, oh, and he also notes that Bertha Jorkins disappeared in Albania. If we remember, I think in the first book it's mentioned that Voldemort was the last spotted, or where Quid or Quirrell was, was Albania. Yes. The little... Suspect, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And then, isn't he's gonna? Ron walks into the common room, and Sir, so Sirius kind of has to go because they don't know it's Ron. And they're like, they get mad at each other, yabba dabba do, normal things. Yeah. Boys. Yes. Indeed. Then um. <laughs> Harry kind of. Harry. Hold on, hold Harry. Tifa. He's like frozen for me, so I just <laughs> see him like <laughs> staring, staring off into. <laughs> He's like saluting the flag. <laughs> um, um. So then Harry like kind of yells at Ron. Also, like kind of takes out his. Cause he's he's Ron like, did... yeah. He's like, you're such a jerk, but. You know, no way! You want a scar, scar so bad, maybe if you're lucky you'll get one. Like, something like that. Like, just... I forgot about that. I forgot about that. It's a little Such extreme. So a little. Heavy. Yeah, you can lose your parents, too. Um, Harry, then, he knows that Madame Maxine knows about the dragons. He knows that Karkov knows mm. about the dragons and he which means he they're champions probably now that everybody knows except for cedric so he takes it upon himself to tell cedric that there are that the first ta- task is going to be dragons um and he's like are you sure and he's like yeah definitely uh he goes to class but then he gets pulled out of oh. class i think he i think he would lose his magic because he says uh if he le- like he leaves he has to go back to the dursleys or whatever i think i don't know or like it, it doesn't look like he'll die, is what it looks like, is what, along his line of thought. Okay. So uh, I imagine it's, like, magic-breaking. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I wish we had a clear answer. But I'm, uh, my conclusion... There. Yeah. yeah, my conclusion is that he would lose his magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moody knows that Harry cheated, but he also knows that cheating is just a part of the Triwizard Tournament tradition, and so he's like, Whatever. Whatever, cheat if you want, I don't care. Um, Hermione and Harry work on Accio so that Harry can call his firebolt so that he can kind of treat the match like a Quidditch match, which is him just trying to get the golden 
snitch but the golden egg this time so um, every you know they have they go through the first task and the first task is really it's fun to read but honestly explaining it is kind of just going to be like he did this and he did that and yeah regardless he got the egg Avada Kedavra. <laughs> <laughs> it's me here to tell you that it's ad time indeed ad time thank you lord Courtney's here too just for moral support so yeah, yeah we're gonna play you some ads please watch the ads and it supports the channel it's the easiest way to support the channel because all you have to do is just listen actually you don't even listen just turn down your volume and just wait till it comes back yeah um other than that yeah enjoy the ad <laughs> and everybody got the egg and um, unlike the movie there's no wild dragon goose chase no no i i think i'm wrong Sorry, I was I looked it up and it looks like he'll die. And I imagine probably because it's so long if it's an unbreakable contract, it's probably like the unbreakable vow. And if you break an unbreakable vow, you die. You die, yes. So <coughs> I, I don't know. Plus, I, Courtney, I don't know. Courtney, what's the contract law in this? I mean, somebody signed for <laughs> yeah, Barry, come on. so like, uh, it's definitely voidable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's got to be like. Mundu influence. He's a minor. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Avoidable. Totally. I, well, I don't know. Maybe it's like a Hagrid kind of thing. Lot. Like you know how Hagrid got kicked out of school? They broke his wand. And he's not allowed to use magic. That's kind of what I imagined it was when well, I first read it. Thinking of Peter, mm. doesn't think that he'll die. He probably think he'll lose his magic. Right. But in reality, he will die if he breaks. The yeah, magic. that's. I think Harry's probably die playing <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, true. it actually is. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll just yeah. use my magic and live with the Dursleys. No, like, it's not, not necessarily. <laughs> I, I kind of been phrasing her. Like, lose magic. I don't mean, like, lose. Like, he's not allowed to do magic anymore. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. But he probably will die now that I'm, now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> but the one Perhaps. thing that comes, that comes in after he wins the dragon is he gets the highest score, right? He he did the best. After after someone gives him a low score, biased. Yeah, Igor Kakarov. Well, hold on. Uh, how does how does he beat the dragon? Did we cover that while I was looking it up? Oh, he beats the dragon. Just, I mean, he just he uses his broom and he grabs it like a yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. In, in, interesting note: Victor Crumb, the professional flyer, doesn't yeah. think of that. True. Very didn't, true. Didn't they say Crumb gave it like conjunctivitis in its eye? Yeah, he, no, he used a conjunctivitis to its eye. Well, that I'm, conjunctivitis is yeah. pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just that, funny that there's a spell for that. Yeah. Conjunctivitis. <laughs> Again, lazy writing. <laughs> hey, Courtney. Chicken pox. Diabetes. That removes a person's ability to create insulin. <laughs> we, we finally Pancreas no more! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Pancreas disappears. Disappears. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's <laughs> absurd. Anyhow, let's give Colin some time to recover here. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, dragon. Done. Dragon's done. In the eye. Ron and Harry, and friends. Ron's like, oh, you'd have to be pretty crazy to sign up for that. 
Like, yeah. Harry's like, duh. Thanks. You figured that out? <laughs> then we have the uh, house, the house elf liberation front. <laughs> um, when they go down to the kitchen and they're just like, hey, Hermione's like, hey, elves. Um, <laughs> hey, elves. I am here to liberate you. Um, yeah. Me, a white woman. <laughs> she, yeah, she really does have that white woman saber complex. For yeah, sure. she really, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, and Winky's just a mess. Winky's there. Oh, she is a raging alcoholic at the moment. <laughs> She's a disaster. Yes, Winky's going through it at the moment. Butterbeer is left and right. Dobby's there too. Dobby's like, this is great. I make like one dollar an hour. Even though they wanted to pay me ten. A week. <laughs> yeah, he, he wanted to pay me ten dollars, <laughs> but no. I said no. That's too much. <laughs> and they wanted to him like weekends off. He was like, yeah. "All right, relax." Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, relax. Um, then you know they talk a little bit about Crouch and Bagman. And Cr- Winky is obviously holding some sort of something inside of her Secret. on what happened with her yeah. and Barty Crouch. And so she's keeping this this major secret. She's obviously, like Colin said, a raging alcoholic at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And he's, Harry says something bad about Percy, and then Percy, or, and then Ron's like, well, who cares? Like, Percy has no sense of humor anymore. Percy is the worst. Um, I mean, he kind of is. Uh, I I hated Percy. I hated Percy. Percy is just I yeah Percy. I you know what? I actually really like Percy's character because I think that it's like so interesting that somebody I don't know. It's just, like it's like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it's an interesting character to like arc for somebody. Especially how his arc ends in the seventh book as well. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's nice. It's really satisfying to how yeah. it ends. I think, but well. Yeah. Right now, Percy's a narc. Right now, Percy is a narc. The next one, Percy's even more of a narc, so get ready for it. What'd you say to Um, I said Maddie could relate to Percy a lot. Like, he could have a good character connection with him. (laughs) What did he say? He he, he said, there's a reason you like him so much, you relate a lot to him. Maddie is not a narc. I can assure you of that. <laughs> well, yeah, she's a but she, she does got she had that Percy Weasley type deep. Hey, <laughs> one of us over here is dressed as Voldemort. Uh, <laughs> true. Well, that's your that's where you are now. That's where Percy ends up, right? Percy becomes yes, Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, he, Percy becomes Voldemort. Yeah. Um, that adds up. So then we have what I think is, like, one of my favorite parts of this entire book. And that is the... First, we have the unexpected task. Uh, So, we find out that there is going to be a ball. And at this ball, um, Harry is expected to not only dance, but have a date. And he's like, me having a date? So Ron and Harry are like, oh shoot, like we gotta find stressed. some girlies. They are stressed. <laughs> they... 
Yes. They, this is all they think about. They're like, who are we going to ask to this ball? Um, they wait till like the last minute. And Ron's like, you know what? Hermione, you know, you're a girl. Why don't you come with me? And he, she's like, I already have somebody to go with. And he's like, he's like, you're sure you. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry Why are you asks, lying? <laughs> Harry also asks Ginny, and Ginny's like, I'm going with Neville. Sorry. <laughs> he brings up that he asked Cho, and Jenny's like, Oh, yeah. Poor Ginny. Gets, uh, yep. Don't worry, Ginny. You're tired. I never, I never really liked Cho as a romantic interest for Harry. She doesn't really have a lot of personality Ooh, because she's she obviously was exactly, like not like, that into him. Well, the first the first things we really know about her, one of the first things we really know about her, is that she's dating Cedric. Yes. Like, so, so she's dating Cedric, so Harry still asks her, um, and she says, sorry, I'm already going with Cedric, and then she's like, but, I'm sorry, like. Yeah, I, I, I just, I never, it's, okay. that, that whole thing as well, and that, that interaction, I just, I don't know, I never, I just never was interested in when, the next book, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but. The next I book just... is hilarious. The next book is actually <laughs> so funny, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Then, um, does wait, does Ron ask Fleur in the books, too? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Wait, he, he, does. he, he does. asked her in the movie? Oh, yeah. Yes, he asked her in the movie, too. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, I don't he, remember that. Ginny <laughs> walks in with Ron, and she says, he just asked Fleur de la Cour to the ball. The ball, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Harry's like, you What? <laughs> and then Harry's like, she's part Vila. Like you're right. Like she's she's not just normal. And I I asked uh, Cedric's going with Cho, so I don't have anyone to go with. And that's when the conversation about having going with Hermione comes up, and Hermione's like, no. And yeah. Like no. Well, eventually it's getting close to the ball, and Arvati Patil comes down. And Harry's like, hope. And she's like, yeah, sure, yeah, but I would do. I'm saying that a lot, sorry. Um, but basically, Parvati agrees to go with Harry, and also agrees to set up her twin with Ron. <laughs> yes. Um, so I also love when they're, like, panicking to find dates. They talk to, like, Fred and George about it. <laughs> and one of them yeah. is just like, why are you even worrying? And he's like, hey, do you want to... He yells like, to this girl across the, the room. He's like, hey, do you want to go to the dance with me? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wasn't it Angelina? Yes. Yeah. So... Um, they're they're going to the ball. They go to the ball. They have this little dance. There's like a band that's mentioned in here, which is the funny. Weird Sisters, right? Yeah, they got like a little band. Mm-hmm. And um, something else that we forgot well, to mention earlier wait, was that you, you go, you go, you go. Oh, was that um, so Malfoy act like accidentally Malfoy like hexed Hermione and gave her teeth that just like kept growing oh, yeah. and growing. Yeah. And so she goes to the nurse's office, and she's, like, telling them that, like, she just is, like, yeah, just, like, they're a little bit higher. Oh, yeah. A little higher. Oh, yeah. Like, she can, like, perfect her teeth. Takes her teeth. Because yeah. she had buck teeth prior to this. Uh, I wish. That, that, I thought that was a good <laughs> I know. Um, and she's, like, my parents thing. are going to be pissed because they're dentists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, look at my teeth now. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, though, is... It's funny to me that Harry is stressing about having a date when there a bunch of girls literally ask him to the ball. Yes. 
And it's just like blood. Because <laughs> he just wanted to go with Cho. That's, that's, that's boys for ya. Yep. Silly. Um, so then Ron's like, Hermione, your teeth, they're like different now. <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. Um, <laughs> then Sirius writes, Sirius also writes Harry and tells him that like, Congratulations. I was gonna suggest a contrabitis curse. <laughs> um, and that his was way better. Don't get complacent. Keep in touch. Blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, he sounds like, he sounds like moody. Blah, blah, blah. blah <laughs> whatever. Um, Christmas Day, they wake up. Dobby's sitting on top of Harry. With and he's socks. Like, <laughs> yes. He's wearing, like, uh, he's, like, got, like, crazy outfit on. And Harry's like, he gives one. Harry a pair of socks with like broomsticks on them for Quidditch, and I'm like, That's and so like cool. handmade. <laughs> and Harry, oh my gosh, Harry gives him a pair of like Uncle Vernon's old socks because yes. he's like, oh, I got you something too. And Dobby's like, why do they match? Yeah. <laughs> Dobby's like, this is amazing though. Thank you so much. Um, it's and... it's funny to me as well that. The gift that Dobby ends up getting Harry that he makes is socks. And that's interesting to me because you know who he's working for now. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Do you remember what he said he would want as a gift in the socks. first book? In the mirror of his idea. Yeah. It's just a little connection. Yep. Um, the Dursleys send him a tissue. One single tissue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's petty. That's yeah. petty. Why send so, anything at home? Uh, Mrs. Weasley makes him a sweater, as she makes all of them every year. Then Hermione's like, I gotta go. And he's like, Ron's like, why do you need three hours to get ready? And she's like, I just do. Um, they meet up with Padma and uh, Pavardi. And they're like, okay, well, this is great, but, like, where's Hermione? Like, what's she doing? And they can't find her. Harry notices a girl across the room, and he's like, wow, I don't know who that is, but she's pretty, pretty, pretty cute. Um, and he gets, he gets oh. closer, and his jaw drops. Drops. <laughs> it was Hermione on the arm of Victor Crumb, who apparently has been obsessed with her, which, I didn't mention this wow. earlier, but he had been going to the library so many girls. times just to try and talk to her, but he's always getting overwhelmed by like all the other girls. But he wanted the one girl that didn't want him. Of course. Hermione. She's different. She's not like the rest. <laughs> She's not like other girls. She's not like other girls, no. Um so ignoring the fact that Victor is seventeen and Hermione is fourteen. Yes, that part weird. <laughs> yeah. Very a little weird. predatory there, Chrome. I don't know what he's an adult, by the way. There. He is an adult now. Yeah, he's a wizard adult, so. Um, <laughs> then, um, Percy Percy shows up and he's representing Mr. Crouch. So Mr. Mr. Crouch, Crouch is sick. He's sick, and he has not been in office in a while, and so everybody's like, "What happened to Mr. Crouch? What's he doing?" And Percy's like, he's six. Quit, quit asking me questions. He's just an ill. He's an ill little boy. Uh, <laughs> little boy. Leave my big bad boss alone. Um, everything's going well uh, at the dance. Hermione comes over. Her, uh, Victor can't say Hermione's name. Um, 
He calls her Hermonini. Yeah. He tries. Which is cute. Hermione's having a great time. She comes over to the boys, and Mm -hmm. um, Ron is a- You're fraternizing with the enemy! Yeah, he's like, you're fraternizing with the enemy. Um, I can't believe you're hanging out with Victor. Like, I can't believe you'd even, like, like Victor. That's so ridiculous. How could you even do anything? Very funny coming from him. Yeah, and Hermione's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what do you want me to... She's like, you're the one who wanted his autograph. Like, what do you mean? He also asked Flair de la Cour to the... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you wanted Um, to ask me, you shouldn't have waited till last second. Yeah. You spoiled everything, Ron. Uh, Pavardi and Padma are like over it. They're like, yeah, they're I'm like, gonna go dance Whoa. with the boys from Bobaton. <laughs> <laughs> Which, interestingly, in the movies, there are no boys from Bobaton, but yeah, yeah. they're all wham. Um, then he's Ron is Ron accuses Crumb of using Hermione to spy. Hermione's like, You're ruining huh. everything, and then he said, She says. Um, hold on. This whole, Hermione says, this whole tournament is supposed to be about getting to know them, getting to know foreign wizards and making friends with them. And Ron's like, no, it isn't. It's about winning. The next page, Percy comes, or is it Percy? Or who says this? (laughs) Hold on. Yeah. Percy had bustled over, rubbing his hands together, looking extremely pompous. Excellent. The whole point, you know, international magical (laughs) cooperation. Yeah. (laughs) Which probably made Ron even more mad. Um, Percy and Harry talk a little bit. Harry can't stand Percy. Um, Typical. Fred and George are still on Bagman for not, for something. We don't know for what, but for something. And not leaving him alone, being very annoying. They, Harry and Ron decide to go for a walk. While they're going for a walk, they, they find... see Snape and Kargroff? Or yes. is it Hagrid first? Nope, they see Snape Snarf and Kargroff first. Okay. Kargroff saying something very inconspicuous. He's saying, Severus, mm-hmm. you can't pretend this isn't happening. And Severus is like... Um, no. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, what, what, what do you mean by that? Um... Then they come around the corner. Snape is Steve. like, "Why are you? Why are you all over here?" It's like taking points from people's houses. And then they, uh, yeah, yeah. Then, he's just like in a foul mood. <laughs> yep. Keep walking. Then they they make their way outside, which is when they run into Hagrid and Madame Maxine, Madame Maxine who are talking. And <laughs> Hagrid's just like, "So was it your mom or your dad?" He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I have no idea what you are talking about. And he's like, you're a giant like me. And she's like, how dare you? (laughs) As she looks down on him, she's like, how dare you? Yeah, as she looks down on him. The math is And it's important to note that they are outside and there's like rose bushes and like statues and stuff like that looking on them. Um, Then Harry and Ron Mm. kind of go away and they're like did you know that Hagrid was a giant and they're like no we just thought he was a really large man <laughs> Harry also as he over accidentally overhears Harry tries to focus on a small back, black beetle that is flying around them mm-hmm. um, then Cedric tells Harry to take a bath and Harry's <laughs> like okay rude 
Why yeah. did you say that to me? <laughs> like, like, right in front of show? <laughs> like, how dare you? Yeah. Um, which I love how Cedric is, like, tells him in such a roundabout way when Harry literally <laughs> walked up. It was just like, like, it's, it's dragons. dragons. Yeah. <laughs> what if Harry just went up to him originally and was like, <sighs> <laughs> and then just walked away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, he then catches the end of Ron and Hermione fighting, and Hermione says, well, if you don't like it, you know what the solution to it is, don't you? And Ron says, oh yeah, what's that? And she said, next time there's a ball, ask me before somebody else does, and not as a last resort. And then he says, well, well, that just proves that completely missed the point. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. A hundred percent. Yep. Then we've got Rita Skeeter's scoop, where she uh, <laughs> tells everybody that Hagrid is half-giant, and um, it ruins Hagrid's life for a little bit. Yeah, people, <laughs> Just are, for a little bit. <laughs> people don't like giants in, in this magical world because giants originally align are themselves. Are British. <laughs> no, they're all British, Colin. <laughs> no, um, brute. Brutish. Brute-ish. Oh, I thought you said <laughs> I did too, Maddie. So don't. I was like, yeah, they're all British. Yeah, the whole book is they're British. They're now. violent. <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, she she ruins Hagrid's life though, because people don't. They also align themselves with the uh, Death Eaters and with Voldemort um, during that period of time, mm -hmm. and so people are just very hesitant, like wary of of giants. Yes. So Hagrid being half-giant and then being at the school and teaching kids are all things that people are scared of. Malfoy, like, is like, oh yeah, like, nobody like, like Pansy and Malfoy are both like, yeah, nobody likes him. Like, he's like, just like sucks and he's the worst. And like, also, I got hurt. Also, um, interesting relationship dynamic if his mother's a full giant and his father's a normal person. Yeah. And also, the way that giants are portrayed in the movies, and compared to, like, the books and, like, the later books, very interesting. Because in the, in the movies, they're, like, these, like, little dumb giants. Yeah. But in the books, they're a little bit more... They're, like, actual political faction. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Yeah, Hagrid's Hagrid's very sad, um, but they're like, "We love you, Hagrid. Like, we, we don't want you to like go anywhere, or do anything." He's like, "Thanks, guys." <laughs> um, then Harry decides he's gonna try Cedric's uh, tip. Tip. So, Colin, go ahead. You can talk from here. We're we're on chapter twenty-five. The okay, A and okay. the I. That's what I okay, gotcha. Hold on. Sorry. Yeah, so he takes the Marauder's Map, Invisible Cloak, and he goes out to go to the prefix bathroom. And so it's like a really nice bath. There's, you know, like really big round bath windows with mermaids on them that the like and whatnot. And so he, <laughs> yeah, so he gets undressed, gets into the water, and... <laughs> And in comes Moaning Myrtle. 
Exactly what you would see in your present. Yeah, when, <laughs> in the bath. Um, and so Moaning Myrtle is actually the one, I don't know if she does it in the movies, but in the book, she's the one that tells Harry, oh, maybe you should go underwater with it. And he does. He gets a little jiggy with it underwater, and it sings to him. <laughs> and it's basically like, oh, come seek us where our voices sound. We cannot be heard above the ground. Something hour, about an hour. One hour you will have to look to, oh, here it is. Come to recover from which we sound. We cannot sing above the ground, and while you're searching, ponder this. We've taken what you'll sorely miss. An hour long, you'll have to look to recover what we took. But past an hour, the prospect's black. Too late, it's gone. It won't come back. It won't back. come back. Yeah. Yeah, pretty ominous, huh? Mm. <laughs> and so... Oh, yeah, and then on his way back from the bath, he notices... Oh. Bartimus Crouch is out here, what? and he's talking to Snape, right? And he's like, well, that's weird. He's sick. He shouldn't be here. He's supposed to be at home getting better or whatever. And so he's kind of like trips Yabba-dabba-doo. Filch catches him, and he takes him to, or wait. No, it's he drops the egg, and Filch finds the egg, and he thinks his pee was messing around. Um, and then, oh yeah, Snape says, oh, someone's been in my office, and, because Harry follows, and whatnot, and Snape's like, oh, someone's been in my office, and Moody arrives, his magic eye sees Harry, because he can see through his cloak, and Harry's like, and Moody has, or he shows Moody the map, right? Yeah, because he's like, oh, you know, Sirius has said he can be trusted. Moody's like a really good aurer. So he shows him the map. He's like, oh, it said Bartimus Crouch, or it said Mr. Crouch was in the office, right? Snape's office. And Moody's like, oh, odd things have been going on here. Gotta, gonna have to confiscate this, right? And so he takes the map. And Harry's like, sure, you can borrow it. You're, you're super cool. With, you're on our side, yeah. And so... He gives him that, he goes back up to bed, and Moody's like, oh, you know, you would make a good horror. <laughs> yeah, I marked that, because that's so funny that this he gets the idea to become an horror. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, interesting. And then the next, that's the end of that chapter, pretty much. Yep, and then we have the second task. The second task, ooh. So... Basically tells on Hermione, they discuss it. Um, and basically they think that Mr. Crouch and Moody have been hired to keep an eye on Snape and Karkaroff. Or one or the other. Um, he writes to Sirius. Um, oh, and yeah, he's struggling to figure out a way to breathe underwater, or stay alive underwater, right? And so... The night before, and I'm not missing anything until the night before, right? Um, yeah, they're like in the library. Oh, Hagrid returns to teaching. Yeah. Yeah. But so Harry's like, I can't breathe underwater. Like, and he spends the night in the library and he falls asleep trying to find a way. And his, the next morning, he's woken up 10 minutes before the task by Dobby holding him gillyweed. <laughs> and he says, um, 
Dobby knows, sir. Harry Potter has got to go into the lake to find his wheezy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My uh. wheezy. And take his wheezy back from the mer people. What's a wheezy? <laughs> You're wheezy, sir. You're wheezy. <laughs> wheezy the one who gives Dobby his sweater. They've got Ron? Just <laughs> <laughs> the, way, the way it's phrased, so yeah. they've got Ron? <laughs> Uh, and, yeah, and so, basically, he goes to the task, he does the task, and I, I, why, it makes me wonder, like, they all have these different ways of breathing underwater, they got the bubble head, they got the partial transfiguration, why was Harry having such a hard time finding a way to breathe underwater, when there are a bunch of different ways to do it? Well, they're older than him. Yeah, like, so true. Through more school, but and even he even also like, probably should have been looking in the more advanced books, considering. Well, like, he even asked McGonagall for permission to go to the restricted section of the library. Like, I'm sure they also had help. The other yeah, true, yeah, true. editors, yeah, and this true. is a departure. The movie's a departure from the book too. Because Neville's the one who gives... Yeah. Well, I mean, Neville's still involved here, isn't it? Like, he... No. Moody makes sure... I thought Moody... Or, well... Yeah, Moody gave Neville uh, Moody, the book. Moody originally... Neville, but Dobby overhears it, and there's, yeah. he makes yeah. sure Dobby overhears it. Yes. So, like, Neville's still involved, it's just he's not... He didn't actually do anything. Yeah, he didn't do anything. I think, though. well... It, in the movie, it's just because Dobby's not involved at all in that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So they just were like, you know, we'll cut the middleman and we'll make it Neville. What um, uh, house elves are are completely removed from the movie, pretty much. You see Dobby in the second movie, and then you yeah. see Dobby. Yeah, in true. In the seventh movie, yeah, pretty much. Um, but so he goes into the tests, eats the gillyweed, breathes underwater. He gets there. He gets there first, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he frees Ron. He's like, "Oh well, too uh, too bad. It won't come back. Like these people are gonna die." So he waits. C Cedric and Crom uh, come and rescue their people, but Fleur's hostage, her sister Gabrielle, is still down there. And he's like, "Uh, is she coming? Can't leave her here." And it's like. Uh oh, and so it's like I gotta take her, and the Murphy were like, uh oh, -uh, only one. He's like, y'all gonna kill her? Like, come on now. And so he basically like fends them off, saves Gloria's sister and Ron, and he gets up. He's a little late, but it's like his noble deeds give him extra points. Of course they do, because he's Harry yeah. Potter. Typical. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it makes sense. He was the first one to get there. Like, yeah. he could have won just based off merit alone, but his noble deeds did, like, I don't know, whatever. Um, and it's like, they're like, oh, you know the ministry wouldn't have let her die. And it's like, well, wouldn't they sure? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so basically brings him to the sister. <laughs> Laura kisses both of Harry's cheeks, and she's like, oh, Ron, you were involved, too. And he's like, oh, I guess I was. Yeah, I guess I <laughs> and she... <laughs> uh, and then... Oh, 
uh, Crumb picks a beetle from Hermione's hair. And Harry is like, cool, thanks, Dobby. I'll buy you a pair of socks as a gift. <laughs> There's so many beetles in this book. Yeah, I seriously. I wonder it's if like it'll come back. Really annoying. It mean anything. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. So the next one's a Hogsmeade weekend where they're invited to meet Sirius. Mm-hmm. And the. They're giggling over Rita Skeeter's article, this one in Witch Weekly, not the prophet, about Hermione toying with the hearts of Harry Potter and Victor Crumb. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's in this one I actually like because Hermione is able to laugh about it. It's not they're not like pissed off about this one, but she also yeah. is like, I wonder how she's doing this, right? And hmm. so. Oh, and then Harcroft interrupts a uh, potions class. They say more stuff about the upper arm. Hmm. And since Harry, Harry overhears them. And then they go to Hogsmeade? Yeah. And so he's in his doggo form. And they go near the Shrieking Shack, right? Or where do they go? To a cave. To a cave, yeah. He's like, oh, I've been living off rats. That, that's, that's, uh, dedication, bro. I can't even lie. Bro, that, damn. Um, um, and uh, Sirius talks about Barty Crouch and how he's, like, hounding Death Eaters. Um, oh, and this is where, this is where Bartimus Crouch Jr. is mentioned. And how he was a Death Eater, given a short trial, and imprisoned in Azkaban. By his own father. By his own father, yeah. And he notes that he died in Azkaban, pretty much. Yes. Um, so he's like, Mr. Crouch lost everything. And he's hoping if he caught another Death Eater, maybe, he says maybe if he caught another Death Eater, he'd get his career back on track, basically. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, and they also bring up again how Winky saved Mr. Crouch's seat at the World Cup, but he basically, like, never showed up. Yeah, a little suspect. <laughs> he also tells Ron to write Percy, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's pretty much that chapter. Oh, next one's a big one. Yes. The Madness of Mr. Crouch. So, they do actually write to Percy, but, oh, but he's like, yeah, they they write, but it never really comes of anything. They give Dobby new pairs of socks for the gillyweed, <laughs> um, and Winky's still sitting in the corner, filthy, miserable, and drunk. <laughs> She'd be going um, Oh, and she's, she's, where she brings up again that she's got to protect her master's secret, or her old master's secret. Mm-hmm. The elves are embarrassed about Winky, and <laughs> Hermione's like, Winky, why are you upset? You're free! <laughs> yeah. oh. They, she's like, I've got a secret, I just can't talk about it, and she's drunk, so yeah. she's like babbling. Yeah. Um, then Hagrid, they go down to Hagrid's hut, where they have class, and they learn about Nifflers, and how they're like these little 
platypus-like creatures that will, um, like, sniff gold and, like, hoard it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then we find mm-hmm. out about leprechaun gold, which gold vanishes which after... Disappears. Yeah. After 24 hours. Or a few hours, I guess. Um... And then Harry, Ron's like, why didn't you tell me? Because at the Quidditch World Cup, he gave he pays Harry for, not, I'm not uh, leprechaun gold for some uh, binoculars. And Harry's like, honestly, I didn't even realize because I'm so rich, but you don't know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, then there Hermione is... gives hate letters. <laughs> Yeah, Hermione's getting hate letters. She gets boils all over her hands. Gross. Mm-hmm. Then they find out that the last thing is going to be a maze. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before that, Harry also mentioned they're trying to figure out how Rita knows. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, oh, well, maybe it's like she's got somebody bugged. Um, but yeah, no. So they're taken down to the Quidditch pitch, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, It'll be a maze with the Primazard Cup in the center. And <laughs> Crumb pulls Harry aside and he's like, Are you doing Hermione <laughs> romantically involved, basically? And he's like, Nuh uh. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, and this is where they find Mr. Crouch. Mm-hmm. And he's like babbling and he's saying a bunch of weird stuff. Find out first the Jorkins. He's also walking out of the woods, like, talking about the plans for the tribe. Yeah, exactly. Like, setting it up. He talks about the Dark Lord getting stronger and how he has to see Dumbledore. But, you know, they rush off to get Dumbledore, pretty much, or at least a teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And they come back. They get Dumbledore, and they come back. Mr. Crouch is gone. And... The, he's gone. And... They're he's also with, from. it's Hagrid, yeah, yeah, he, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Because he leaves him with Crumb, and Harry goes to get Dumbledore. Um, when they come back, Crumb is passed out. And... Yeah, he's, like, knocked out cold. Yeah. And when they come back, Hagrid comes with Moody and Karkaroff. Um, they accuse Dumbledore. Um, they, Harry goes back to his dorm. That's pretty much it, right? Yep, then he goes to divination the next day and he has a dream. <laughs> oh, I have a dream. I have okay. a dream. Not quite that, but yes. No, the dream is really important, though. Yep. What, D-Boy? Uh, just you saying, I have a dream. I have a dream. Oh, something else I wanted to bring up is that J.K. Rowling wrote that Ron got to his feet gingerly. (laughs) (laughs) This is just some good wordplay there. Um, Um, So he has a dream. Harry has a dream. And... mm -hmm. His, basically, his dream is that there's a huge snake and another man and a short, short balding man with watery eyes and a pointed nose, wheezing and sobbing on the earth. Um, Voldemort telling him that he is in luck and that everything he's ruined, every, his his blunder's not ruined, that he's dead. 
Yeah, he's lucky. Mm -hmm. There's still Harry Potter, and um, then he uses Crucio and Wormtail, and that is what wakes up Harry, who's, like, screaming and grabbing his scar and being like, ah! Yeah. And he's like, I go see Dumbledore, rushes to Dumbledore, and he mm -hmm. hears Fudge and Moody arguing with Dumbledore. Yes. And, and Moody's like, oh, you better let him in. He's right outside the door. <laughs> yep. So they're arguing, and Dumbledore's like, okay, listen, I'm going to go finish arguing with these guys out in the hall. You stay in here, whatever. And while yeah. he's in there, he he accidentally bumps into a wall because he's doing a little bit of snooping, but, like, you know, just like you're just lighthearted like, snooping. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, like, opening things up. We're just yeah. looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a uh, cabinet opens and kind of pushes him into what is called the Pens Pensivist. Pensivist? Pensive. Pensive? Yeah, it's just pensive. Oh. Okay. Um, uh, so the pensive, and this is when we get our first introduction to this, which is an important part of the story. Very now. important. And basically Harry can see all of Dumbledore's memories that he has put into this pensive to kind of untangle kind of like what's going on right now. So he goes, he puts his head in, and he is transported back in time to the trials of some of the Death Eaters. So the first one he sees is Kargov, and Mr. Crouch is the one overseeing this, and he's like, Kargov, like, you have, you're, you're facing being sent to Azkaban because you, um are you're somebody or you've been in Azkaban all this time you are now here because you want to name names so he is giving out the names of people who have already been caught or are dead already yeah and the final and, one and the last one that he gives us is actually um Barty Crouch no. oh no nope nope doesn't um he doesn't give he gives Severus Snape and they're like it's not Snape Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it swirls, and he goes to another memory, and this gotcha. other memory yeah. is Ludo Bagman's trial, where he's being under-investigated, and Ludo Bagman is kind of like a, a airheaded jock. That's kind of like yeah. his stuff. And so he's like, I didn't realize what I was doing. I was just giving information to somebody who was like a longtime friend of the family. I didn't realize that he was doing it for bad Voldemort, purposes whatever and everyone's like oh well you know he's a great quidditch player we'll we'll let yeah. him off this time <laughs> so they let him off they're like you know what go win us some more championships um then the dungeon dissolves again and then when it comes back around yeah Mr. i was Crouch, thinking of the movie wasn't i you were mm -hmm. yeah um they bring in some people so this is when they bring in the lestranges and <laughs> Right? Do they? Yeah, because that, that's how Barty Crouch Jr. was with the Lestranges the night of Neville's Yeah, parents. but were, they were there with him in there? Yes, in there's four okay. people in there. Who's so, the fourth? Oh, both, both Lestranges, probably. Well, it says... Well, because there's Bellatrix, um, and then her husband, and her husband's little brother? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. There's four people in four chains, uh, and Barty Crouch Jr. is, like, begging his dad to be, he's like, Dad, like, I didn't do it, like, I wasn't supposed to be there, I'm so sorry, like, I, please don't, but he's ignoring him, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna sentence you anyway, Barty Crouch Jr. is calling for his mother, 
she's crying but ignoring him and they're sentenced to Azkaban and so he's screaming he's like you're my dad like why would you do this whatever and then at that moment Harry's pulled from the pensive and he um ends up talking to Dumbledore a little bit yeah there's Rodolphus Lestrange which is Bellatrix's husband and then Rabiston Lestrange who is his younger brother Mm -hmm. So I imagine that's the fourth person. We also find out that they're there because um, they use the Cruciatus Curse on Aura, Aura, Frank Longbottom. Ooh. And his wife, and his Alice wife, Longbottom. Alice Longbottom. And Harry immediately puts two and two together, Longbottom. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he comes out and he asks, that's like the first thing he asks. He says, well, first he asks, like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> then yeah. He asks, <laughs> then he asks, um... If that is, you know, Neville's parents. And he, mm -hmm. Dumbledore's just like, haven't you wondered, like, why Neville was raised by his grandmother all these years? Yeah. And so he his parents, Neville's parents aren't dead. They are in... Uh, in Torture to insanity. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're stuck in there, and Neville goes and visits them, but they have no idea who he is. And Harry's like, that must really suck to, like, have parents still, but to have them have no idea Not, who you yeah. are. I wish we saw more of them later on. Or, yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like we get this in this book and the next book, and then it's not really true. Yeah. Then um, Dumbledore says, Because you and he are connected by the curse that failed, said Dumbledore, that is no ordinary scar. Which is the first hint of what is to come. Mm -hmm. Well, not necessarily the first hint, but it's the it's, first, it's like, the, It's clue. the first time that he says it, though. That he's like, yeah. the scar is what's keeping you and him connected right now. Oh, well, at the end of the first book, he, I thought he mentioned how the scar is, like, a link. He just them. mentions how they're connected. But he doesn't say exactly why. Okay. He doesn't tell them here either, but... Well, he tells him about the dream before, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, they talk about Bertha Jorkins and how she's been missing, and Dumbledore says, Frank well, Bryce. It's interesting, yep, and that how um, she's missing, but it's interesting that she's missing because Dumbledore knew her in school and that she mm -hmm. may have been a gossip and an airhead, but she was not stupid. Mm-hmm. And so it was. It didn't, doesn't make sense for her to be missing for so long. Just disappear, exactly. Then... Um, Mr. Bagman, he asks about, and he says that he has not been accused of any activity since, and neither has Snape, and that he trusts Snape, which is very common. I think it's said in every single yeah, one of his yeah. books. That he I, I think Snape. every book he says yeah. it. Like, it's like he has to... Yeah. Um, and then Harry asks, what do you think really made S Snape stop supporting Voldemort, Professor? And Dumbledore says... That, Harry, is a matter between Professor Snape and myself. Mm. wonder what that could be. Mm. Um, then we move on to the third task. Yep. Colin, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, I'm trying to think, hold on. Basically, you know, they're... And Harry obviously tells Ron and Hermione everything, because he, he always does. Um, so they're kinda, they kind of just practice for the third task. 
Rita Skeeter writes another article. Oh, yeah, he, she writes an article about him passing out in class about how he's mentally insane and whatnot, basically. Or mentally disturbed is what I think she writes. Mm-hmm. And how um, she's, he's dangerous to the other students. And he's like, how could he have heard what happened in Divination? And everybody's like, ooh, I got an idea. And so she kind of runs off. Um, so the families of the champions arrive for the task. And the Weasleys show up for Harry, which is, I, I thought was kind of nice. Because I was like, damn, Harry's just kind of going to be here while everyone else has their family. And Harry's just going to be here. But then the Weasleys show up. And that's... Bill, specifically. And Flair True. Is like... Look at that hunk of meat. <laughs> with a sexy ear. Uh, oh my god. Uh, and so basically they kind of hang out and then at dusk they're placed at the entrance of the maze. And so Harry and Cedric are tied for first place. A little British bias in my opinion. <laughs> Although to be fair, not it's not entirely undeserved because... Cromwell kind of messes up on the dragon task. Floor obviously messes up on the second task. So, I mean, they kind of do deserve to be front, but... Mm-hmm. Whatever. And Harry should be first, but... Karkaroff is like, I'm going to give him a two or a four or whatever he gave him for the dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes through the maze. They get to go first because they're tied for first. Um... So they go into the maze. He runs into a bogger. Then he runs into a blasted screw, which is a Hagrid special. Yeah, that was something <laughs> that we didn't mention yet, but, but Hagrid's been raising Hagrid's these things all year. That are just like his own hybrids. Um, oh, and then he runs into a mist that turns the world upside down. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Um, then he hears Floor's scream. And he, being the noble gentleman that he is, rushes off, and he, oh no, that's when he, he he runs into the mist first. Then he goes sees the screw, mm-hmm. um, and he sees Crumb torturing Cedric. Right? Yeah. And Harry burns a hole in the he said, "Fuck this maze," and <laughs> burns a hole in the hedge. And saves Cedric, stupefies crumbs, and flares up, saying, hey, someone, men down. Um, they split up, right? Or, yeah, they, mm-hmm. Harry and Cedric split up. Harry answers the Sphinx riddle. And that's probably, like, one of my favorite parts in the book. Just because when I first read it, I was trying to figure out the riddle as well. And I just, it was just a fun little, like, mental challenge just in the middle of the tournament. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed the Sphinx's riddle. Personally, for me, if there were riddles involved in these, I would be so screwed. I'm so bad at riddles. I love riddles. I just... Maddie, you are a riddle right now. Shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, valid. <laughs> also, don't call me that. My muggle father. <laughs> Named you Madison. You are. Uh, we'll come up with an anagram for you. We'll, we'll come up with it. Um, and so basically, Harry and Cedric both run for the turn, the cup. They, like, kind of see it at the same time. They work together to defeat a spider. Harry, like, 
heavily injured through the leg. And they're both like, you know what? Hogwarts victory together. And they both, they, mm, they both mm. grab the cup together at it's the same so time. It's so sad. And it Harry turns out that cup full. is a porky. It's just so sad because if he just takes it, Cedric doesn't come along. Mm-hmm. But they grab it together, and Harry and Cedric are teleported by a porky together. And they land in a graveyard. <sighs> yeah. And then, and then Harry just hears something next to him drop. Well, no, he he hear his scar instantly alights in pain, and Cedric's like, "Hey, Harry, blood, you okay?" And he hears "Kill Despair," followed by "Avada and Cedric drops dead. <sighs> Killed by Wormtail. And so, basically, they take Harry, tie him up to a tombstone of Tom Riddle, not junior, senior. senior. And Harry recognizes it's Wormtail, and he's boiling the cauldron, he this giant cauldron. And he unwraps this little scary baby and drops it into the cloak. It's just just funny to me that he's like, please, please drown. Yeah. (laughs) He's like praying for this thing to just die. Um, So he summoned, so basically he's like bone of the father, takes the bone from Tom Riddle's thing, flesh of the servant. And you know what he has to give up? He has to give up. His right, right hand, hand, something that most of his followers would give their right hand to do. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, then the blood of the enemy forcibly taken. That's Harry. It's like, whoop de doo, I've got your blood now. Mm-hmm. And Voldemort has arisen. Has. He has. So Voldemort's like, ooh, Here look I at me, am. I'm so sexy now. I got my body. Um, and he's like, Wormtail, give me your hand. And he's like, thank you, my lord. And he's like, no, your other one, you idiot. <laughs> and it's the one with the dark mark. Yeah. And he, he presses it. All, a bunch of Death Eaters show up. They're like, he's like, you idiots. You think I could really die? Avada Kedavra. <laughs> it's me here to tell you that it's ad time. Indeed. Add time. Thank you, Lord. Courtney's here too, just for moral support. So yeah, yeah. we're gonna play you some ads. Please watch the ads, and it supports the channel. It's the easiest way to support the channel because all you have to do is just listen. Actually, you don't even have to listen. Just turn down your volume and just wait till it comes back. Yeah. Um. Other than that, yeah. Enjoy the ad. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, my lord, no. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. And so Voldemort like kind of Crucio's thumb. Um. He's like. Wormtail, of all the people to have returned to me, it was Wormtail, not any of you guys. He's like, well, he only did do it out of Catarus. There is only one other true person who's, like, following me, but he's back at Hogwarts, which make, really makes it seem like it's Snake or Karkaroth. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, which one is it? Um, He's like, oh, I'm going to go get the Dementor soon. Um, And then he's like, Oh, it's through my faithful servant's efforts that Harry Potter is here tonight. And he's like, 
oh, I've tried to kill Harry Potter and failed because of his old magic, but guess what? I can touch him now. Yeah, but that is, that is, that's such a good scene in the movie. I don't know if it's in it, the books uh, like that. It is. It is. It is, it where is. he's like, okay. But the way it's done in the movie is just so yeah. incredible. Like, the tension to the build-up, the way he's like, you know, it's so mm-hmm. it's so good in the movie. And I'm I'm a big book elitist, but that, that scene was really good. Goblet of Fire is pretty good. And a couple of mishaps in the movie, in my opinion, but that scene, the whole graveyard scene was done incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, he talks about how how he's come back to his body, how he's found Quirrell, he killed Bertha Jorkins or whatever, and he used information to set up the Triwizard Tournament. Um, and then he's like, oh, Harry, let me duel with you. <laughs> so he uses, like, Crucio on him, and he, like, doesn't he uses the Imperial on him, and Harry breaks the Imperious yeah. Curse of Lord Voldemort, which is one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Is him breaking off that? I I just I love it. Um, but so he's like the only dueling spell he ever learned was from Gilderoy Lockhart, and, <laughs> and he uses Expelliarmus, which becomes sort of like his trademark spell because of this one event, and. It's Harry's like cursed again or cruciate again and oh yeah and he's like Avada Kedavra and he's like Expelliarmus and their <laughs> wand spells meet <laughs> a lot of stuff going on a lot of whoa they're both flying in a gold shaped dome and there's like phoenix music telling him not to break the connection. So, basically, his, like, determination, he's, like, force of wills that bead, or whatever the, like, the gold, where their wands meet, he's, like, forces it into Voldemort, beats him in, like, a battle of wills, almost. And it's, like, uh And so, basically, all, like, the curses or stuff Voldemort's performed is, like, kind of, like, backtracks. It, like, shows it. So all the people he's killed kind of start coming out of the wand, in the order that he killed him most recently. So Bertha Jerkins shows up, Frank Bryce shows up, and you know who the last person was? Cedric, yeah. And then the last person he killed before Bertha Jerkins, I think. Or Frank Bryce. One or the other. Yeah, his parents. So parents show up, and they're like, yo, what's up, son? Not actually. Um, They're like, hold on. And he's like, they're like, we'll distract him so you can get out of here. And Cedric's like, bring my body back, blood. And so, they, they break the connection. They, also important to note, um, Voldemort tells his followers not to interfere because he has to, his determination to be the one to defeat Harry Potter is ultimately is undoing here. And so, Harry breaks the connection, the ghosts like flood Voldemort, he jumps on Cedric's body, Accio Cup, he's back. And so, here turns to the, like, the grass of the Hogwarts. He returns to Hogwarts in front of everybody. And basically, they're all like, Diggory's dead. Oh, shoot. And he's like, he's back. He's back. <laughs> um, so basically, Dumbledore's like, oh, shoot, I gotta talk to his parents. <laughs> Cedric's parents. 
He and does stuff, but he does. He, he, they're kind of, they're, at first they're just like, let's just get Harry out of here. So Moody. Yeah, he's, Moody grabs him away towards the castle. Um, then he brings him to his office and he's like, oh, what happened? Was the Dark Lord there? Did the Dark, did the Dark Lord, how did he treat his followers? Like, and it's like, Harry's like, something's not right here. Yeah, something's a little goofy. Yeah. And so, Harry's like, oh, there's a Death Eater at Hogwarts, oh, yeah. And when he's like, oh, it's not Karkaroff, he was he was a coward, he fled when the Dark March showed up. And he's like, hmm? And so, eventually, we learned that Moody has been doing this whole thing. He's the one who put Harry's name in the Goblet of Fire. He's the one who fired the dark mark into the sky. And it's just... Voldemort, while everyone left Voldemort's side, he rigged the tournament, so... Like, he's he placed Crumb under the Imperio so that he would try and take Cedric out. He made Floor... He knocked Floor out of the tournament so that Harry Potter could be at Voldemort's side at night. Um... And so he explains that Moody was the one who nudged, or, like, who told Hagrid, like, oh, you should take Harry out to see the dragons. And then he was talking about uh, Neville. He, he said it to Neville, and he was hoping that Harry would go to Neville, and Harry never go to Neville. And so he spoke loud enough for Gillyweed, about Gillyweed, so where he knew Dobby would hear it. And so, yeah, he, he stunned Floor and Imperial Crumb to Cedric, and he, he's about to like be like, oh, the Dark Lord will reward me for defeating you, and then, bam, Dumbledore and Snape and McGonagall enter, and they like stupefy. So, right, Dumbledore is pissed. He is, yeah, he's like mad, mad. Uh, and it, it's like Harry says something about like I kind of understand now why uh, Dumbledore is the only one Voldemort feared. And so the 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 twinkle in his eye was gone. Yeah, they uh, he tells Snape to get Veritaserum. Um, and summon Winky from the kitchens, which kind of like you know it's like Dumbledore kind of had Winky here the entire time, like hmm. Um, yeah, he takes the ring from the stupefied Moody, and he opens the trunk, and the real Aster Moody comes out. Will the real Aster Moody please stand up? <laughs> <laughs> and so we find out that the fake Moody, who's been stupefied, has been taking polyjuice, right? And we learn, as he kind of, like, unravels back to his natural appearance, that it is Barty Crouch Jr., so, basically, Winky is like, oh, no, Master Barty. And they give him Veritaserum, right? And he explains truth serum. truth serum. And they ask him a bunch of questions like, oh, how did you get out of prison? Which, it was basically his mother was dying. So his mother persuaded his father to have them, like, switch bodies. Or switch, like, all of you. Basically, his mother takes his son's place in Azkaban 
during one of Crouch's Courtney. visits. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear her cat? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> but so during one of Crouch's visits, his mother, and or Barty Crouch Jr.'s mother switches spots with him, and the father takes Barty Crouch Jr. back. And so, like, when Winky was saving an empty seat at the cup, it was really Barty Crouch Jr., and he's the one who steals Harry's wand, fires off the dark mark. Um, that's kind of like when, and that's why uh, Barty Crouch Sr. was so pissed when he found Winky in the forest. He was like, she fit, she failed. She's supposed to keep him away, keep, keep him under control. So eventually, so Mr. Crouch fires Winky, um, and Barty Crouch Jr. places his father under the Imperius. Well, no, that's later, isn't it? Or I, well, not there's then. like a whole, no, not then, but he finds Voldemort, like, because of Bertha Jorkins or so, something with Bertha Jorkins. No, no, he does. He puts his dad under the Imperius curse, like, right that away. That early? Okay, yeah. Oh, but then, then he's just that. Yeah. Starts to fight it, yeah. So he puts him under the Imperius curse, um, and he, Voldemort comes to his house, told him what he found out about Bertha Jorkins, and he's like, oh, disguise yourself as Moody. I need you at Hogwarts this year, bud. You're, you're going to do me a good favor. Mm-hmm. So he reads the tournament, uh, kidnaps Moody right before term, which is the disturbance with Mr. Weasley in the beginning of the year. And he keeps mo- the real Moody with him for hairs to create more more apologies. So, yeah, so my, Mr. Krause Sr. is imperious, but he learns to fight it, escapes, and that's when he arrives at Hogwarts, crazed out of his mind. And um, we find out that Barty Couch Jr. has found him on the ma- because of the Marauder's Map that Harry gave him earlier. And he stunned Crumb while Harry was gone and killed him and buried, turned him into a bone and buried his him. His dad. His dad, yeah. not, not it's, Crumb. It's also, a, interesting to me, he turns into a bone with the whole bone of the father thing that goes on during the graveyard scene. He turns his father into a bone. <laughs> um, so they kind of like, yeah, so when they kind of like go, Winky's like sobbing, Barty's like, Hi, you silly goose. My master is returned, and I will be honored. Right? Mm. Then, basically, Dumbledore's like, okay, we're done here. Sends the real Moody to the hospital, ties up Junior, and brings Harry to his office where Sirius is, which is like, Sirius could have been in the office the entire time. Like, what is he doing here when there's all this drama going on? Like, this is time to stay away. Um, so they discussed the prior incantatum, which is what happened between Voldemort and Harry's wands. And that means they weren't able to, like, properly... It's because they have the same tail or feather from a phoenix. And it is in their wands, which turns out to be from Fox, Dumbledore's phoenix. Interesting. Is it, well, what's interesting is, is Voldemort got his wand when Dumbledore was his transfiguration teacher. So was Dumbledore, did Dumbledore already have Fox? This is before he fought Grindelwald too, isn't it? Maybe he just Or is this after? I think it's after. No, or during? I don't know. I think it has to be after. 
when well because when did he 50 years for it's during no it's during because when riddle comes to hold because 16 year old riddle is 50 years before chamber of secrets chamber of secrets is 1992 1993 so 42 43 riddle is like 15 16 prefect so a little before then is like 1938 so tom riddle must have appeared at hogwarts around 1938 ish Okay. So Voldemort, <laughs> Voldemort got the tail feather from the phoenix that was around then, and that phoenix became Dumbledore's. Or I don't know. It, that's I'm off on a tangent. Sorry, but it's okay. just interesting to me. <laughs> um, so the twin wands connect, and they fire off in reverse order of the spells, and that's why Harry's parents show up, and Dumbledore is like, "Oh, you're a brave, dude, buddy." And so they go to the hospital, and Sirius in his dog form shows up. You know what I don't understand? Is they should have allowed... If Sirius can just walk around in his dog form willy-nilly like this, why couldn't he have just been in his dog form the entire time at Hogwarts? It's like, oh, is Harry's, like, familiar or something? Or it's, like, his animal. Like, they don't allow to have dogs as familiars. Well, okay. The, what is it? It's cats? Rat, rats wasn't on the list. Ron was allowed to bring his rat. That's true. Maybe he was grandfathered in. Yeah, grandfathered in. Okay, Dumbledore is Dumbledore. Rats. Dumbledore could have made the exception for the dog. So true. Uh, I mean, and... Snape's still at Hogwarts, too, though. I, I so. think rats, actually, <laughs> like... rats were one of them, but nobody wanted a rat. Nobody no, because there's only three. It was cats, owls, and either toads or rats. There wasn't four. There's only three in the original letter. I think Colin's right. Yeah, I think. I know I'm right. I just All right. <laughs> Listen, okay, never mind. I'm supporting you. You don't need to have an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's finish this off. Come on. Yeah. Come on. All right. Yeah. Um, and so it turns out that Fudge, not wanting to believe Voldemort is back, had the Dementor kiss applied to Bartimaeus Gosh Jr. So they can't get any information, testify, or have trial for him. Um, and he's like, oh, Barty Crouch Jr. was a lunatic. And Harry is hallucinating Voldemort. It's like, damn, okay. And Dumbledore is like, oh, you should remove the Dementors from Azkaban. Voldemort's going to take them. And Fudge is like, nope, you're you're stupid. And Dumbledore's like, no, you're blind and dumb. And basically, they're like, it's the parting of ways, basically. They're like... We're not we're not friendly anymore. We're against each other. Yeah. Like Snape shows the dark mark how it's dark now, and Fudge is like, nope. Mm. He, he's it. just so he's so he's so just incompetent. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mrs. Weasley says that Fudge does just kind of does. value pure blood. So like he is not a a, a natural enemy of Voldemort. Yeah. And plus he, he is in terms of who has the power. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then... Harry, since Harry won the Triwizard Tournament, he gets a thousand galleons. I thought right? that was, yes, he tries and to give it to, to, to the Weasleys, but no, they're like Cedric's parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. And they're like, we don't want this money, our son's dead. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, what, what are we going to use it on? <laughs> um, Mrs. Weasley does give Harry a hug, and he says it's the first time he feels like he's been hugged by a mother, which is so sweet. Yeah. But doesn't he also tries giving it to the Weasleys, doesn't he, or no? 
No. No. Am I tripping? No. Are you sure? No. He gives it to some <laughs> Weasleys. He just didn't give it to the Weasleys. Well, hold on, hold on. That's later. Just hold on. I gotta. I let me get to that point in the book. My face is itchy. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah, so that's your own fault. I want to bring a costume to the next one. Where? Are you going to tell us what it is, or are you just going to show up like I did? <laughs> okay. Well, I've already been, like, dressed like Narcissa Malfoy every episode, so... Well, you're not in court for two more books, so... <laughs> She's introduced in this one. Yeah, but her big, her big, her standout role is in the sixth one, so. <laughs> True. Um, anyway, while Colin's looking into that, it's the mm -hmm. end of the book, so, um, they go back to the tower, pack up all their stuff. Hermione has figured out that Rita Skeeter is turning herself into a beetle, and that is how she is figuring out everything. So what does she do? She collects... Rita Skeeter in, like, a glass jar, and she's like, this bitch is not getting out. She's in here <laughs> for good. Hold on. And I'm like... Hermione? Sorry. I know, I was like, Hermione, like, not you <laughs> enslaving somebody after all you talk about you. Um, something important, I thought, is you were talking about the one of the reasons Sirius wouldn't work as a dog was Snape. But Snape doesn't know... Sirius is a dog, because he's in the yeah, dog form of the hospital. Yeah, no, because well, he... Yes, he does, because he no. followed the... Yes, he does, because... I, the I'm reading the book right here, because he doesn't realize that the dog there is, because he transforms into Sirius Black, he's like, then an instant, turns back into a man, and Snake goes, him, what is he doing here? But the thing is that... Uh, uh, Snape knew that he was a dog because of the transformations in the third book when they were kids. He used to follow them around. He knew that yeah, he was... Yeah, he only knew that Lupin was a werewolf. It's not no, like they... Did he not also know that they were anima... anima... animagus? Anima, I, don't, I don't know, but... It's just... Generally, though, like, Snape was suspicious of stuff. Yeah. I, like, it wouldn't have been a good idea, generally. We're just going to end Snape, all of when these Snape comes in, in the third book. starting a grand argument between one of us. When when yeah. Snape comes in in the third book, he he comes when they're already transformed. So he never sees mm -hmm. them. And they know Peter is an animagist, but he doesn't know Sirius is, or he doesn't know Sirius's form anyway. He never sees what Sirius's form is, so he doesn't know it's a dog. He might know he's an animagist, but he doesn't know he's a dog. Um, then they get off the train, and they're like, you have to go, Harry, you have to go home for a little bit. Like, you can't stay with the Weasleys all summer. You have to go home for at least a little tiny bit. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll go back home for a little bit. But he is patiently waiting for her, his friends to send him letters and stuff like that. And we'll get into that in the next book, but those letters never come. So... That is the end of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Key takeaways from this book. Uh, Voldemort's back. Yeah. Back. <laughs> yeah. Key, key takeaway. <laughs> yep. Uh, Voldemort's back. Hermione... The Ministry is opposed to that fact. Yeah. 
the ministry is not listening to anything that anybody has to say. They are completely denying the fact that Voldemort is back. They're pissed that Dumbledore told all the students at Hogwarts, which we didn't talk about, but he does. He tells all the students at Hogwarts that the reason why Cedric Diggory has been killed was by Voldemort and that the ministry doesn't believe him. Um, and then Hermione is now a social justice warrior. And... <laughs> Um, Ron and Harry are kind of in, like, a weird spot in their friendship. Fleur Delacour thinks Bill is hot AF, and... Harry's got a scar connection with Voldemort. Yep. Oh, and, um, Professor... Uh, Harry might have the seeing eye. That's also important. Hey, true, true. And, um, a Dumbledore trust snake. Yep. Yeah. Oh, dude. The the part where he's like, as Snape, like Snape, if you're ready, and he's like, pales. He's like, I am. Uh, it's just knowing what we know now and how he's asked to spy on. It's pretty. It's pretty tough. Yep. So from here on out, the books are very dark. I think from here on out, somebody dies in every single one of the books, and. Yeah. 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 So let's go. Let's go through our our thing. So for me, for this book, I really like the book. I love trials. I love all that sort of stuff. I give this book a five. I I really love this book in general. Um, it's just so fun and interesting that Voldemort. Co- it's not fun that Voldemort comes back, but like it's fun, <laughs> but also interesting because Voldemort comes back and you learn about the history of the Death Eaters and his followers and that like. They're like a silent, strong group. Like, there's they have a lot of influence and a lot of power. And what are you laughing about, Terrence? <laughs> I'll say it afterwards. I'll say it afterwards. Okay. Um. But yeah. So I give it a five. Um. Courtney. Uh, I'd also give this one a five. I thought it was. A fun setup for what was really, like, the beginning of the rest of the books. Um, Like, it wasn't just a bunch of political crap. It was something that was still kind of fun. It reminds me of, like, the Hunger Games almost, but more paced out. Like, just the competition aspect. Um, I did think the first part of the book was kind of, like, slow, especially compared to the movies, just because they jump, like, right in to the Triwizard Tournament and, like, the other schools showing up. Um, but, like, growing up, this was always one of my favorite movies, too, so I think that influences a little bit. But it's definitely a five for me. Mm-hmm. Colin? Um, I, it's, like, I'm a little restricted by just the five stars because I like this book better than Prisoner of Azkaban, but I also don't think this is a five. Just, I, I, like, if I could put it at four and a half, I would, but if I had to pick between four or five, I'd probably give it a four, just because the first, like, half of the book is, like, before the Triwizard Tournament even really happens. So it, it just feels really bloated. I feel like I, the Quidditch World Cup is important, in the aspect of the Death Eater attack and just Fred and George's... And Fred and George's bed isn't even really that important, of course, the book, really. Um, 
but just the Death Eater attack, but it's just like, it felt really long, Quidditch Cup kind of felt like, the Quidditch Cup felt like a side quest. Um, but it was just a very bloated opening. It was a little rough to get through, but once you get to, like, once you get to Hogwarts, it take it, like, that is some of the best Hogwarts content we get throughout the entire series, because the entire year, there's just this one event going on, because usually we'll have, like, kind of, like, normal school year, kind of building up to a climax at the end of the year, but this, the climax of this year is the entire book, until you get a climax of the climax at the end of the book. So it's like this is the, I think this is personally my favorite Hogwarts content we get, but it's just mm-hmm. the first like one third of the book is just so bloated for me that it's brings it down just a little bit. All right, T boy. Uh, I would have to say I enjoyed this mo- this book a lot. I enjoyed it more than the movies, and I'd have to give it. I'd give it a four. Just because it is one of my favorite books, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite of the books. I think the next book is my favorite. I like the... I think that's like everyone's. <laughs> yeah, I think that the beginning of the Quidditch Cup, I was hoping for more. Because just reading the books, it added more depth to pretty much every arc and scene mm-hmm. in the from the movies. But I kind of didn't enjoy it. I felt like it was very extra. I was more cared about less of the Quidditch and more of the actual, like, story that was happening at the Quidditch Cup than the actual Quidditch Cup. And they went through a lot of talking about, I really don't care about Ireland diving and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Quidditch. Usually I like the Quidditch, but then I didn't I, I, I didn't care about Quidditch in this one. But... I agree with T-Boy on that. Yeah. But I... Yeah. Once again, Dumbledore... How did you not... You're one of the smartest wizards. How did you not realize one of your best friends is not really your Dude. best friend? Yes. Like, I don't understand. Like, how is he... He can't keep getting away with this. Like, how is he not realizing all this? Like, I, I I know, like he's he so played, smart. He knows everything that's going on. And yeah, then just does it. He very well. Like, kind of mad-eyed. Like, is mad a little bit. And he's, like, very over yeah. the top with his, you know, accusations. But, like... You couldn't, like, ask any questions or, like, figure out, like, hey, he's kind of acting kind of more funnier than the usual Mad Eye is. Yeah, he's like, I noticed that he was taking a drink from his poly- or from his hip flask every hour on the hour. Yeah. <laughs> but, You're telling me, like, they never had, like, anything where they had to rush to go get him while he was sleeping or something? And they don't notice that he's just, like, Barty Crouch Jr.? Because he can't... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, is there any final thoughts you guys have about this this book? Or, or anything that involves the first four? Um, um, no. I'm excited it's... to get into the end game in the next couple of Oh, weeks. yeah, absolutely. I'm... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Things feel more real from here on out. Like, <laughs> there's, like, really high stakes now because Voldemort's back. Yeah, there. there's no more messing around. There's no more... Fun yeah. times. There's no more side quests, if you will. I like it because <laughs> one of my favorite characters, Jenny, gets a little more screen time. Yeah. Especially in the... She's so much better in the book. I will die on this yeah, like She is so much better in the books. Yeah. She's oh. <laughs> <laughs> she is. I'm just saying. 
Okay. Like, I was a 15, 16 year old kid. Like, she plays sports. She's playing on the court. Your perfect girl is a 15 or 16 year old. I, I, was, 15 yo. 16. I was 15 or 16. If I was, <laughs> I would say, that's the perfect girl. She, she does Quidditch with the boys, and she's smart, and she's like she's like she's just like the perfect woman in high school. Yeah. What's um best friend's sister trope? Uh, literally, and then Ron and Hermione are enemies to friends to enemies to friends to enemies to friends to enemies to friends, <laughs> yeah. from to enemies lovers. to friends from enemies to enemies to friends from enemies to lovers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and how how was how was the episode today? Do you think? Uh, well, your artistic twist definitely gave it some extra liveliness. Colin opinionated as always. He just has always. to start a fight with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, On brand for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought it was really good. I liked this book i thought the conversation flowed pretty well um and i'm excited to get into the next one because from what i hear it's a crowd favorite yeah the next one is i will tell you right now there is a lot of politics in the next one so it is kind of slower than the rest it's kind of like the first part of this book for a good portion of it but there is a lot of action in it towards the end well, this is where we learn a lot more than we do in the movies, too, right? Yeah, this book and this movie are, like, you're gonna, you are actually probably going to be so surprised. Okay, I'm actually kind of excited for that. Yeah. I feel like, like, Goblet of Fire was, like, the first time, like, well, I mean, you saw, I, I said this also, like, the first time that you start to notice differences between the movies and the books are very heavily in the third book mm-hmm. but then this book there's just i mean there's so many things that are just not in the movies that i think played a, a crucial role yeah well and they just they like either cut characters out or consolidated them yeah into another like they don't even find that. barty crouch's body in the book oh yeah barty crouch just jr just... tells them where he is but they never find him but in the movies they find him yeah interesting yeah well and he yeah and he plays like in the movies barty crouch senior plays the role of both himself and ludo but so but yeah uh, i am looking forward to the next one as well because the next one is my favorite one so he that being said do you want to do the closeout today yeah i would uh thank you guys for joining us if you are giving us a listen on Spotify, Apple Music. Are we on Amazon? We are on Amazon. We're on Amazon. Ah, ah. Go ahead, give us a, a likey, subscribe, whatever. Whatever you need to do just to keep up with us. If you're on YouTube, thank you. Uh, please leave a like on this video and subscribe. Feel free to leave some comments, too, if you feel very passionately that we've gotten some mm-hmm. of these things wrong. Our opinions are terrible. Let us know. Um, we have... For social media accounts, if you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in the meantime outside of these episodes, we have an Instagram account, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. They're all at the Witty Banter Book Club Podcast. Uh, we also still have those bookmarks up on Etsy to support the pod. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff going on, but we appreciate you guys 
following us along on this journey now that we're halfway through Harry Potter and we're looking forward to getting into the real steery dark side here in the coming weeks. So until next time, happy Avada Kedavra. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>